1: Oh man, those <laughs> I kind of want to be held after that, kind of like Aiden Hutchinson trying to sack Gino Smith on that game winning touchdown pass. I, I feel like I need to be held like Aiden was. Welcome back to the Spear Avenue show. I'm delighted beyond belief to be joined by two, at this point now recurring guests, Natalie Sparbeck making your second appearance. Welcome back to you.
2: Thank you, Justin. Happy to be here. It's
1: good to have you. Adam Baidoon, your 17th appearance. Or- you're you're paying you're showing up to shows you're not even on camera it's great to have you I'm excited this is going to be sort of a a two-pronged episode with a couple you know little branches and deviations along the way but I want to start where I think we kind of have to the Detroit Lions and what I would argue would be a deflating loss a loss that forced the fan base to have a newfound perspective after this just uh, unbelievable excitement that this whole summer has been. This was one of the more sobering defeats in my lifetime as a Lions fan. And certainly one of the most sobering I can remember in September. I mean, typically when you're you know, waltzing around, moping around like we were in the past few days, it's you know, a late season swoon, a late season loss. Natalie, where are you at with this? I mean, you were, you were there. The, I was there as well. The anticipation was wild. They had every reason to think they're going to win. Uh, they seemed like the better team. I thought they played like the better team for the most part. The turnovers killed them. Coming out of that, where are you at? You came in so optimistic. Are you reset? Are you still the same way you were three weeks ago? Where are you at now?
2: I don't want people pushing the panic button, okay? I understand What happened on Sunday was very deflating, okay? I'm still going through the motions, and we're about to have a game in three days. Um, I don't think it's what anybody really expected coming out of that game, to be honest with you. Um, But I think it gets really hard when you go back to three, four, five, six weeks ago, training camp, national media. Then you go into Arrowhead, and Arrowhead happens. They defeat Patrick Mahomes. I don't give a shit about the asterisk. I don't care about Travis Kelsey. They got a road win that they weren't really supposed to win. And you come back to Detroit and it's like, oh, wow. Like, it's go time now. You get the people online that are absolutely 17 and O's, all this and that. Like, absolutely not. Um, They lost a game that they shouldn't have lost. Now there's debate as to why that happened, which I think we're going to get into. Is it coaching decisions and clock management? Yes. Is it? So that's, that's where we're going to go tonight, Justin. So that's fine. But I'm not pushing the panic button on this team. I'm not.
1: Well, and here's no. why I'm more concerned than you and a lot of people. And I'm going to set this up, and then it'll be in, in your lap, Adam. So bear with me. It's not the loss in a vacuum. You just rolled your eyes at the, oh, 17-0. Like, that doesn't really happen. I mean, that's yeah. never happened. But even 16-0, and and we've only seen that twice. It just doesn't doesn't happen. Even the best teams, the teams that win the title every year, typically lose three, four, five, even six games. Okay, We've seen the Giants win Super Bowls, losing seven. It's how they lost and why they lost. And this goes back to, for as much as people wanted to dunk on me for the Dan Campbell thing, oh, you said he sucked. I have said from day one, with multiple receipts all over the place, I always thought he could be, 9-win guy, 10-win guy, get him into the playoffs. They were one year ahead of schedule last year. I was wrong about their win total last year. Big picture, to be determined if I'm wrong on Dan Campbell. So I polled, for context, our episode with Dave Burkett in April of 21. This is before Dan Campbell coached a single game in Detroit. And I expressed my concerns and conceded that I do think he could be a 9-win guy in the playoffs. But I have some concerns about him, big picture, and I laid out why. Ben, can you roll that for us? So I could even see Dan Campbell, not obviously this year, but year three or four being nine and seven, making the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of Lions fans, that's that's fantastic. I have a higher bar, but I could even see that happening. I could see them not going two and 14, not being Rod Marinelli bad. But the problem is Dan Campbell is going to be scheming against, you know, I mean, Andy Reid is probably going to be in the other conference for the foreseeable future, but even (laughs) Sean McVay. And he's going to outscheme him for a wild card game or a god forbid a divisional round game. I just don't see it. It's like at best the best happy birthday Justin scenario I can come up with is he's a you know, the cliche bridge to the future. He goes eight eight nine seven, and then he's like the the you know the white Jim Caldwell, and then it's like okay now we're trying to get that sort of back end of that right this time, which we didn't with Patricia. I don't know. I just I think it's a bad bet. I don't see it happening, but. So And and we went on for 20 minutes in that conversation, and I talked about all the reasons why when it comes down to it, I don't trust this man to make the right decision. That was based on no evidence at all other than a vibe. The guy had no experience other than the interim thing in Miami for five seconds. I've seen nothing to contradict that, and I've only been affirmed. Ben, can you throw up our graphic on what so many people forgot? Everyone talks about Seattle. And they played for overtime, which they did. We'll talk about that in a second. People may forget this same shit happened last year on Thanksgiving against the Bills where he was crushed for this same exact thing. So Thanksgiving last year against the Bills, one of the few games they lost in the back half. Had they won, they would have been in the playoffs, by the way. So this is not inconsequential. The Lions have the ball at their 25, trailing by three with 240 left. All three timeouts. The plays speak for themselves. Run. Screen pass, run, screen pass, run, run. Incomplete screen pass, quick little five-yard slant. They use their timeout. Incomplete deep pass. Field goal ties the game with 23 seconds left. Obviously, most people remember if you're a Lions fan, the Bills then got in field goal rage in like eight seconds and then won the game in regulation. They didn't even go to overtime. But Dan Campbell was playing for overtime against Buffalo when they had the ball. Deep in Buffalo territory, first down, two timeouts left at the end. They they left the game with two timeouts in their pocket. It's insane. They lose that game last year when they were moving the ball in that game fairly well. They had 400 yards of offense. Golf was sharp. (laughs) They, They were playing for overtime. They didn't even get there. Obviously, we know Seattle, if you can run that, Ben, we know what happened. Same kind of shit, but honestly, even worse. Ball at the 50, trailing by three, 144 left. All three timeouts, short pass, run, short pass, first timeout with 26 seconds left, which is absurd, and you could spend 20 minutes on that alone. Incomplete short pass, short pass, second timeout with three seconds left, field goal, ties the game. So we we all know what happens. Seahawks win. They go in overtime, they lose. Okay. This is the second time in what? Seven games? Buffalo was on the back half of the schedule last year, you know, Thanksgiving. Second time in seven games that this guy blew it because he was scared. If they don't do it against Buffalo, they're in the playoffs last year. If they don't do it this year, they're 2-0 and have a commanding lead in the division early. I don't trust them. Adam, am I crazy to look at this two times in seven games? It doesn't even talk about Baltimore his first year. There's, there's been like seven of these in two years, two and some change. Am I crazy?
0: Baltimore, Minnesota, we can go on and on. Ben, if you don't mind, can you throw it back up, the Seattle graphic? Because you know the one thing you did leave out on the screen with the short run and the short pass, or short pass and then the run, those were 27 yards of offense in total on two plays. So they were at the Seattle 23, 27, I believe. And then they let the clock run down another 30 seconds before that short pass. And by the time he was tackled, they called the timeout 26 seconds left. That's what kills me. Even more than anything. Yeah, we're, we're going to run through Buffalo. It's the same shit. What I don't understand is, you know, there's this Twitter battle going on where win probability matters and what coaches are doing the most for their teams, right? Dan Campbell leads the NFL in added win probability. And that's like a whole thing right now. All the nerds behind their computers are jacking off behind the screen. Everybody's happy. Dan Campbell leads the NFL in the statistical category. Who gives a shit? When he shouldn't be aggressive... 4th and 2 at his own 17 against Kansas City. What does he do? Look, it worked. But again, risk. You get the first down, congratulations. You have 81 yards to go still on the road. Like, you're not getting into field goal position or sneaking across midfield and you just stole a possession. You still got 81 yards to go on the road in Arrowhead. That's not smart. It worked out great. It's not smart, and that'll bite you in the ass 9 out of 10 times in the NFL. And then when he should be aggressive, Seattle, I right? he he puts his guns back in the holster, and I don't get it. It's almost predetermined. I think. I think he just decides when he feels like it, he's going to go for it. I don't think there's this huge analytics trend going on in Dan Campbell's brain. I don't think it's capable of there's, handling no all the pa- information. There's no pattern. There's I don't no know how consistency. You can argue there is. There's no consistency. And I'm not saying be predictable, but what I'm saying is. If your mantra, if your philosophy is to be aggressive, well, win or lose that way, please. And I am so sick of heading into Mondays, Fridays after a Lions. I just want to lose. I'm okay with losing. You lose to the better team. You lose to a team that made one extra play or they didn't turn the ball over and you did once. And that was the deciding factor. I can live with that shit. I can't keep showing up on Mondays doing a show. Friday's doing a show. Now Tuesdays because they're on Monday night. With the Lions losing football games because of coaching decisions or indecisiveness or being too aggressive or not aggressive enough, conservative, whatever you want to call it. I'm just tired, man. Lose like a normal person. Kyle Shanahan doesn't try to steal possessions. I know they're a better team. Mike McCarthy doesn't try to steal possessions. Similar to the Lions, a little better. They have more premier playmakers, right? Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs.
2: Not after today.
0: Unfortunately. CeeDee Lamb. But... You don't even see Robert Sala and the Jets trying to steal possessions. And they're worse. So why does Dan Campbell preach this mantra? And then when the the shot what the lights are shining the brightest, he backs off. I don't get it.
1: I don't think you even mentioned the punt
0: on their own or
1: the decision going forward on their own forty five.
0: Or the field goal that they left. The three points that left a forty eight yard field goal. That was I mean, bad to me. That enough.
2: I did not agree with at all.
0: I didn't like it, but I can like I can get into,
1: you know, my I can put my debate hat on and, and argue it, even though I didn't like it. The 45 yard line, it was like two and three quarter. It was like the longest two. It was more like three. I Up know it's four. A two two.
0: Up four at the time. Yeah. The third quarter is almost uh, almost finished. Yeah. You're in control of the game. The crowd is the loudest. It's field, been in field, goal field. Field cannot beat you like they got to put it in the end zone. Yep. You punt that fucker down. And you have a great punter, by the way.
1: That too. That ball's probably at like the nine-yard line or thereabouts. I mean, I'm going to
0: trust They've got 90 yards to go. And that's the thing what people don't really understand. I know Aaron Glenn is under a lot of heat, rightfully so. I know the defense isn't playing the best, pretty obvious to tell. But when you make an offense go through their entire play calling sheet, you're giving your defense more opportunities to pick out what a play could be. And yeah. Two, three first downs, they'll probably get them. But they're still at midfield, even if they did that after the punt. Two first downs at the 45-yard line, they're in the red zone. It's a huge difference. So for Dan Campbell to keep putting his defense that after the game, he says played pretty good, even though they all, I mean, we all know they played like shit. But, you know, he he keeps putting them in precarious situations. I don't get it. I just want some consistency. And if you want to go wild, wild west, gung-ho, and, Try to win the games being aggressive. Be my guest. I don't mind. Just be consistent about it.
1: When he lines up, Natalie, you're at the game. You're watching it. (laughs) He lines up with the offense on that fourth and two and three quarters at their own 45. Did you think they were going to snap that ball? I was was telling everyone around me, like, hard count, take the delay of game, punt from your own 40. They got a great punter. It's not going to make any difference anyway. If anything, you're protecting yourself against the touchback. I There's no way they snap it.
2: I did. You, you saw it coming. Because like it, hate it, love it. That's his brand now.
1: Well, it so wasn't his brand when he played for overtime at the end of the game. But. That's the problem. It's like, if you're going to give me that shit, don't turn turn that switch off right. when I actually need it to be right. on. Right. That's, that's, and that's what Adam is saying. It's like, when I need you to have balls, you're, you're shrinking. When I need you to play it safe, you're, you're carrying around your, your Randy Marsh balls with the wheelbarrow. Like, what are you doing? I don't, I, this, guy has, this guy has no ethos. And this is not a good thing. It's not cute. It's not, oh, it's unpredictable. No, it's just dumb. So you actually thought they were going to run the play. Did you like the decision to, to run a play there? That was a hard count, obvious situation, I thought.
2: It, either way, I don't, again, I have more faith than... The you two sitting here so it's <laughs> so, a
1: little bar to clear to
2: part. so I don't know, also it's like when you're there, it's so hard to see some of what others are seeing on TV so like you have if you really want to see what's going on at those games, you have to go back and you have to watch it again because there's just so much like depending on where you're sitting, like I'm sitting basically in one of the other sides of the end zones, um so there's just a lot that you don't catch in real time, but I don't know.
1: I mean, there's, there's no, there's no argument for it. I, right? what's the, I, but they have Jameer Gibbs. I mean, how about the actual play call? Jameer Gibbs, who in a limited sample size, cannot pass block. Maybe he'll get better at it. I mean, it, it looks like you or me out there trying to pass block. He just got ragdolled, which disrupted the timing. Goff had to rush the throw. That play was actually there. If Montgomery was in the game blocking, he was hurt. That's another reason why not only are you going for it, You're the play is dependent on a running back pass blocking who cannot pass block. So, that's a, there's layers of the failure here.
0: That's my frustration is in game decisions, in game decisions, as much as it is feel and analytics, you got to be aware of what's around you. You got to be aware of what happens if I do fail. Look, if you want to go for it every time, be my guest. I don't give a shit at this point. I'm so over it. But you have to be conscious about, is it really worth it? If you want to go for on fourth and two and arrowhead to ice the game, be my guest. You're trying to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Do that. No problem at all. But also remember, if you give Patrick Mahomes a short field, he only needs a first down to get into field goal range. So pick your poison. Right. I just would like a a little bit more consistency. Which, it's not even consistency, it's maturity. I think he's immature as a head coach. I don't really think he has a sense of what the hell is going on. And what drives me nuts is the roster's much more talented than it was when he took over. There are expectations going into the season. I'm not saying he has to win 13 games to keep his job. I'd be happy with 10, 11, I think wins the division. But for God's sake, can I show up on a Monday? And just accept that, I don't know, Kirk Cousins threw for 320 yards, didn't turn the ball over, Goff went toe-to-toe with him, they -hmm. just had one extra possession in that game because they got the coin flip at halftime or something. Like, give me something other than Dan Campbell was conservative, he was too aggressive, turnovers, whatever it may be. And by the way, people only talk about the fumble and the interception, because I don't even count that Monroe-St. Brown fumble, even though it was a turnover at the end of the half, but whatever. Are turnovers on downs not turnovers? Like, did I, am I missing something? It's in the fucking name, turnover on downs. It's you, you had multiple it of them. Yeah. It may as well be like what,
2: but <laughs> it's because it's we've kind of gotten used to that. Which it's again, not. A I'm good not thing. saying that's right or wrong. I'm like, just look. I, I know that.
0: there are a lot of teams in the NFL more talented than the Lions. I know the Lions aren't contenders at the moment for the Super Bowl. Can they get to the divisional round to win a home playoff game? I think they can absolutely. Can they win the division? Damn it, they they were the favorites going into the year. But where you lose me as a head coach is how do I trust you to go into Philly, San Francisco, even host them? Like these decisions, passing on three points for a kicker who was money last year between forty and forty nine yards. To pass on a 48-yard field goal, three points in the NFL, like it's almost as if we don't appreciate points, and we don't appreciate the simplicity of the game sometimes. Switching field position, how valuable that is. The Patriots had no business on Sunday Night Football being in that game against Miami. You know why they were? They punted the ball effectively, they played special teams very well, and their defense got off the field when they had to. Why? Because they made two a drive, and when you do that you can predict what the offense is going to do, and maybe that gets you into a position for a tackle for loss, a sack, a pass deflection, a corner recognizes the pattern, something. Give yourself a shot instead of just, oh man, if I don't get this fourth and two at my own 45 in the third quarter, not winning this game, what kind of head coach are you? Uh, that's, That's what drives me nuts. I'm not even like Dan Campbell out or anything like that. I just get frustrated because the team's good. You've invested a ton people believe in the roster. Yeah. People don't believe in the defensive coordinator for obvious reasons. <laughs> and some people like me are going to question the head coach. And I don't mind. And if he goes out by the way and has a con- amazing streak great, but for God's sake, this is going to bite you in the ass. This is like Jim Caldwell 2.0 but worse in my opinion. At least with Caldwell I knew he was a pussy. Like, he wasn't going <laughs> to do anything crazy. That's
1: why, that's why they lost the Dallas game right? on 4th and 1. So I but, just
0: I want to know what my I, coach's identity is, and I want to get behind that. And if he wins and loses, at least he did it his way, not this, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: He, Nato, you tell well, me. That's he's a, not a riverboat gambler because he's lost two games of the last seven because he was a coward at the end of regulation. So you can't call him a riverboat gambler. What, what is this guy? I don't what, know. What is his – I mean, you know, the riverboat Ron, when Ron Rivera was on his run with Carolina, but, it's like it, he would go for everything and trick plays and shit. It looked like he was pretty consistent. Yeah, I, wild. I think it
2: comes down to like the end of regulation stuff, that that's where things get real hairy. That's where I think, because if you want to label him, you would label him the gambler, like quarters one But through Natalie, three. let
0: me ask you this. And maybe I'm being unfair because I know they had a few injuries at the time, but they went on the road in New England last year, fourth and seven at their own, what, 23, 25, 27 yard line, whatever it was, on the road against a third string quarterback. They go for it, results, and a fumble six, I think it was, or a pick six the other way. It was one of the two.
1: Warren Sharp said it was the worst and, decision to go for in like 12 years or something. And one I, of his crazy models.
0: Sorry. I'm not saying you can win games. Uh, well, actually, that's what I'm saying. You can't win games in the first, second, third quarter. You win them in the fourth quarter. But you sure as hell can lose them throughout the game. Poor decision. And this is like the biggest concern I have. Clock management, game management going into the half end of the game even the final four minutes not even the final two minutes it's been a consistent issue and when you basically shoot yourself in the foot every two three games I don't know I don't know how they're supposed to go out and win the division comfortably when Jordan Love couldn't complete a pass in the fourth quarter against Atlanta (laughs) Justin Justin Fields is a complete disaster Chicago (laughs) should just blow up the stadium at this point they're not even a, a a competent <laughs> franchise at this point point. and Minnesota, if they lose on Sunday, they got to figure out whether or not they're going to tank for Caleb Williams yep. or they're going to resign Kirk cousins or ship him out of town. I, I mean, it's right there for a fan base that has suffered for 60 years and you're playing with everybody's emotions at the moment. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I, you I bring him in. It makes me God. seem like so calm. So you, you, you have no problem. Like,
2: no, I, I,
1: See I what is you your and I sat with-
2: in this you and I sat in this these chairs yes six weeks ago very
1: comfortable chairs
2: very comfortable chairs yes. and what did we we talked about <laughs> game management we talked about in-game de- or clock management in-game decisions yes. and I said I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and look where we are week two now I he- everything you guys are saying is valid. I'm not here to. I I hope you're not trying to own me because I really agree with you guys. No, no, um, no, no, no. Um, but I. Uh, that being said, it's week two. If this was like week seven, I'd be like, "This is effed." What are we doing here? Because again, now it is year three. There, like he said, there's expectations. Um, I don't want to say give it a couple more weeks, but.
0: I don't mind that, honestly. Like, did, I think that's a great answer. To say, like, I want to see this play out. Because uh, he's not going to get fired midseason. That's not going to happen. No, I don't. Barring uh, a horrendous 1-7, and 2-8 and eight start. But even then, I, I don't think he'd have, d- to, he'd have to kill. I, I don't think so, Dan is
2: going to.
0: He's going to be there. Yeah. Given the benefit of the doubt, I don't actually mind that answer. But the question I'm asking, which I don't think anybody has the answer to, is what we've been talking about. What is his identity? He talks a big game for a guy that goes against his own ethos when it matters the most. And again, if you want to go for on fourth and two at the Kansas City 45 or whatever it was, 43, Mm -mm. to try and potentially win the game, I'm all for it. Be my guest. That's what you need to do to beat the defending Super Bowl champs. Don't get me wrong. But when you make that decision, also understand you're giving literally the best quarterback and best head coach in football. 17 yards to get into field goal range
2: Well, you keep talking about that and i get like you're saying like his aggression sometimes his non-aggression and inappropriate times i think that arrowhead game he there was i don't want to say there was no expectation but i think it was very much just like hey we're we're gonna we're gonna have ourselves a day and we're gonna go out and we're gonna just or lack of better terms, we're going to F around. We're going to do what we do. I'm going to be Dan the Gamble Campbell, and we're going to see how this plays out.
0: Which was fine. because, and, and that's
2: truly how I feel. Now, I do feel very differently about Sunday. I think that there was.
0: Well, there are two different games. Right. If you do that on the road against Kansas City, I fully understand it. Even if it backfires and you lose the game. I can understand trying to steal a possession or two against the defending Super Bowl because, champions.
2: Yeah, it was such you're not you're not underdog gonna, mentality. Sorry, I don't oh want no, to cut go you ahead. Off. No, no,
0: you're fine. Go It on. was such
2: underdog mentality going into Arrowhead. There is, there is no reason why we should have left Ford Field on Sunday feeling like that, and all of us sitting in these chairs, three days away from game day, feeling how we're feeling now. It just, I don't want to say it's inexcusable, but it just was unnecessary, right? The loss. The
0: lack of it urgency was after the second first down when they had all three timeouts was yeah, the end of it.
2: That...
0: <laughs> Here's the bottom line.
2: We, we,
1: even the people that love the fourth down shit, they were one of the bottom 10 teams in conversion rate in 21, even though they were going for it every five seconds. They weren't top 10 last year. They were middle of the pack. And in this itty-bitty sample size, they were one for three in week one, one for three on fourth down in week two. Two out of six. The good teams in this league any given year, the top 7 to 10 teams, 60% and above, you know, 59.2 and above. The Chiefs led last year with like 77. I think uh, the Eagles were like 76. The good teams, the teams that are good at it are in the 70s. We're one for three times two we got lucky that the Chiefs couldn't catch a ball. I mean, I don't even talk about the injury thing. The injury thing I don't care about. That always happens. What doesn't always happen is NFL receivers dropping four passes, one guy in the same game with the ball right there. That was not, that, there's no asterisk. Believe me, I'm not going that sure. way. Sure. But I'm just saying there is a very easy world where I could get to this team being 0-2 right now. In part, in large part, Because of this nonsense on fourth down, and the fourth down stuff is not even close to as egregious as this playing for overtime shit. If you were, and I talked about this with Adam the other day, if you're a Seahawks fan, Natalie, or you bet them and you got your mortgage on them, what are you hoping the Lions do there? You're not, you're not saying, oh, I hope they go over the top and you know, maybe we'll pick them off and win in regulation. You are praying, you are praying for overtime. Yep. The ball's at the 50 with three timeouts left. And the clock's not even a factor. They could have been at the, their own 10 and had plenty of time, a minute 44 and three timeouts. Are you kidding me? With a good offense? An offense that had 400 yards plus already before that drive even started? You, If you're a Seahawks fan and someone offers you, a God comes out and offers you overtime up front, you're doing cartwheels. You're if I had it. bet on the Seahawks, if I were a Seahawks fan, I, and that's the problem. And you can get into analytics all you want. If I'm thrilled as a a fan of the opposing team, there's something wrong there. And I keep finding myself in these situations where, man, I wish I'd bet against him. Because I love what Dan Campbell's doing right now if I were on the other side. And this is just again and again. Who plays for overtime in either of those two scenarios we talked about? Nobody. He should have won both those games both times. This isn't like one of those Baltimore-Pittsburgh games where it was Six uh, to three in the fourth quarter. I got two they were moving
2: the ball. Sure. I, yeah, I don't know if there would be, if there is another coach in the league right now that would have made the decision. Truthfully, like, I don't the think worst
0: there's... at it since he's entered. Okay, who so plays already...
1: for overtime? There is there another coach? I think you're right.
0: Nobody. I don't no, think there's no, I don't one. Th- I do the coach. One. I'll give you two coaches uh, this this year. Most recently, last Sunday actually, and last year, Brian Dable, his first career game. Defense are playing their asses off. He goes to the sideline and says, are you guys cool with me going for two? In his first career NFL game, are you cool with me going for two to try and win this game? You guys have busted your ass. If we go, We're go, we going to go and score here. I'm down to kick a field goal. I'll, I'll rely on you guys. You've been doing great. But are you cool with me going for two? Everybody gets on board. They're all on the same page. They go for it. They get it. They win the game. Brian Dable off to a great start, whatever. But I think the better example was last Sunday, Green Bay in Atlanta. Arthur Smith at home, 1 0, down 12 going into the fourth quarter, defense playing their asses off. They're driving the field. Green Bay have all of their timeouts. They're in field goal range. And on fourth and two, what does he do? He goes and burns all their timeouts by going for it. Yes, there's a chance they lose that game if they don't get it, but he's playing to win. And that scenario, that that individual scenario, going for it, increases your chances of winning if you convert exponentially you burn all their timeouts you give what jordan left 40 seconds 50 seconds maybe to drive the whole field to get into field goal range like that's playing to win not going for on fourth and two at your own 45 or <laughs> fourth and two at the seattle 20 <laughs> what 28 or whatever the fuck it was that's like a fool's game that, well, like, it's just it, it doesn't make sense which and i'm all for the hindsight 2020 people oh well if they got it if they shut the hell up that's not the point the point is, every other qualified NFL coach right now doesn't do this shit. Yet we're sitting here in Detroit as the most losing franchise in NFL history saying how amazing this is. This guy is uh, ahead of his time. Fuck you. But even the, bo- the
1: body language of both that Buffalo game last year, which ended up crossing the playoffs in hindsight, and this game against Seattle. He know, was tense. The, the body language of that last drive, because there's some people out there that are like, oh, actually, they took that one shot Shot downfield which was like a nine-yard pass to Monroe Saint Brown that was incomplete because golf was hurried. Hey, oh yeah, they were going for it. They had already looked like a minute and a half off the clock. I mean, th- that was already like they had already chosen their path, their entire approach, just their the way they walked to the line, the play, the fact that they ran the ball multiple times. They weren't trying to score a touchdown there. They they if you're in that situation with those timeouts, yeah, you can run the ball and use your timeouts. And I agree with what Campbell said about, oh, I don't I want to leave them, you know, a minute 20 left. But that's the other thing. That guy's priority. Is wrong. Was wrong. And, and, and go ahead. I'll let you. I know you want to jump in. because
2: No, just more so going along with what happened at the end of the game, you know, playing to go into overtime. Yes. What bothers me is statistically look at defensive, the, the defensive side of the ball right now. And look at the offensive side of the ball. Look at the numbers that our quarterback's putting up. So what did, what bothers me now that we're having a discussion is you're putting almost more faith in the, the defensive side of yes. the ball. It is struggling. That is so many gaps and holes right now, as opposed to your offense with what they're doing. And Jared Goff, who you, we can all sit here and talk about Jared Goff, but um, that is a little odd to me. But can you're, we just you're acknowledge? Putting your, you're, you're putting more of your faith in your defense. 100%. That we know, if especially if they're having a phenomenal game, it's like, okay, but no. From, a, from an over, a, a bird's eye view of the Lions, people are talking about what? Their offense. The offensive side yes. of the ball. Jared Goff. We're not talking about, I mean, they are talking about the defense, but that's in a very negative light right now, for the most part. But it, it kind of, the thing that kind of sucks is if you go and look at the game that they did have, Stopping the run in Kansas City and stuff like that—it it almost looked like a totally different game, which pisses me off. Oh, I just think a, the
0: receivers but, caught the ball. That was the difference. And the separation was there they in Kansas were City.
1: Wide open in Kansas City, and Tony. I mean, let's, there's
2: well, Tony that's why. Are, why are they playing so much soft coverage? Why are they doing that? I, I, don't, wanna,
0: I don't want you to lose your point because I want you to finish on this one. Um, what we f- forget, really was if they go down and they're aggressive and they have faith in the offense, like they should, You it's a four-point lead if you score a touchdown. And even if you give them a minute 15, a minute 9, whatever it is, with a timeout or two, they not only have to drive the length of of the field, but you are going to basically protect the sidelines, make them stay in bounds, play hurry-up offense, and when they get to the 35, 30, 29, 28, you're basically covering the red zone or the end zone, excuse me, and you're not letting anything there. Like, it is so hard to score touchdowns late in games when you're trailing. It is so difficult, especially when the time is against you because the team knows what you're going to do. And then you have to deal with the pass rush. Like,
2: I, but then, but then look what the they, the whole
0: defense excuse is beyond me. It and, really is. And
1: even with timeouts and a minute left, to go the length of the field where you have to score, they're, they're going to take away the sideline and the deep pass. It just takes time to run plays. Even if you have timeouts, it, once there's like 50 seconds left, you got go to go like the field. Just plays take time. It, I know it sounds like yeah, a but do you, like,
2: do you think? I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm you're
1: sorry. good. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Do you think that something flashed in his mind of what happened on Thanksgiving against he, Buffalo? I think. I think he. I'm not saying I'm not defending him, but I think he probably freaked. He was like, "Well, he's an idiot because he, Buffalo think, needed a
1: field goal." It's a great, but it's a great, it's a great argument. Like. Because you
2: also are playing with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in that.
1: What I well, what I was I was actually going to make that exact point was I was wondering. So it's great job by you. I'm wondering if he's in his own head where he was so traumatized. and That's what we're getting to in a second, because when he explained this, his his thinking is so backwards. Ben, can you play the little (laughs) Campbell explanation for why they approached it like they did, which was just absurd? Can you run that for us? I, was,
0: I wanted to take it
1: as it came, you know, and here's what I knew. They had two timeouts, and I did not want to give that ball back. That was, that was number one, do not give this ball back. Number two, can we get down there far enough to score a touchdown? But, um, and so I already had my mind, if we get it to a certain point on fourth down, we will go for it. If not, we won't. So, uh, kick the field goal. I felt like, um, I felt like our chances were really good in overtime, and it didn't work out. Listen to what he says there and i believe him and everything he did and their approach reflects that that he's telling the truth there what did he just tell you their first priority was making sure seattle didn't have too much time to come back and a scoring a touchdown was secondary taking the lead at the end of regulation was a second priority to not giving seattle too much time to respond to the touchdown that is not a a misspeak or me nitpicking because everything he did reflects that that was his priority because they were running the clock. They were running the ball and trading the clock. They're in three plays. It was on like 27 seconds left. Am I taking crazy pills? Is it not absurd to have your primary motivation? Everything they did reflects that that's what he meant to do. And what he said reflects that. What am I missing? It's absurd, is it not? To have your priority one be make sure we run the clock, like we have the lead. Maybe if you're maybe if you're tied, maybe you're kicking the field goal, that's different. I, I can't believe he said his first priority was make sure Seattle can't answer. That's a secondary consideration. In a perfect world, you don't want to score too fast. How is that secondary to actually taking the
2: lead? Again, I'm not defending. And like I I want to hear what he has to say, but so Detroit. They go down. They, you know, he says, okay, let's go for it. Golf, you're going to get this ball in the end zone. There's time left on the clock. And Seattle goes back down and they end up winning that game. What do you think the narrative is there then? Aaron
0: Glenn's a fucking idiot. So,
2: okay. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm not not rhetorical. I'm asking you guys.
0: At least my head coach
1: isn't. I agree. That's, I mean, there'd be criticism, but it'd be in a different direction. You know, but that's you know, that's Dan Campbell's own problem. You know, that, that's a whole other now we're getting to the bigger issue, and I want to get to that later with the roster construction and everyone, all the defenses. Look at all these additions they made. And I yeah, I'm I'm the asshole for being skeptical and then look no, what happens. But they
2: didn't address the defensive line. And that or, or is what, the secondary. That, that's Jerry our, Jacobs just our, got
1: burned again, is what I heard. I mean, do, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, but
2: that's uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Like we, I don't think when bringing him in, I do not, I really in my heart thought that he would, they, they're like, he's going to go by week one, by week two. So that's another topic. If, but
1: If you combine the Buffalo in the Seattle games, and I'll finish on this point here, between the two, because I didn't, I didn't add these up before, but what were there between the two Ben like? I mean, you made the graphics like 17 plays between those two possessions. Give or take, I mean, well over 10. They took one deep shot combined. One. And that was in the third and I think thing was third and short. It was the Bills game. They took the one incomplete deep shot to manra, Incomplete. No problem. How, how do you run one play out of 17 in those two situations combined? Anything longer than like eight yards? I, 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 I can't. Everything was run play, screen pass, six yard slant. In 17 plays, I get one deep shot. When you're going for the win, I I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. If there were 40 seconds left at the 50 down three and one timeout left, I would still be like, Hey, yeah, get, get me the first, first down. I got to get to the 40, you know? So I had at least a shot at a field goal. That's priority one. You got to get in range, but I wouldn't want my team taking shots. I would want to go for the win. Then a minute 44 with three timeouts, they could have had half that time and one third of the timeouts. And I would still think, his approach was absurd. I don't even know what to make. There's not, and you said it, Natalie. There's not another coach in the league that would manage it like that. It's insane. Anyway,
0: well, he, he's our coach in Detroit, Justin. So, <laughs> leave Dan Campbell okay. alone. He's fine. He's two and fifteen nice in September 33% not, for down conversion rate and October. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. Dan Campbell is sep- two and fifteen in September and October. He's got this. Uh, yeah. Just shut up. He's got he's, it. Already. You're a meanie.
1: 1 for 3 on fourth down <laughs> My times 2. That's 33 pr- I could oh, double I could double I could, <laughs> double I could double I could double their four fourth down conversion rate this year in the small sample size and it wouldn't be a top 5 conversion rate last year in the league. I mean it's I'm sorry. Wait, do you
2: know do you have the percentage of
1: They were 1 you- for 3 in weeks one and two, for sure. No, no, no. A I'm saying point.
2: like let's go back to last year. Like the Chiefs percentage won, of which I we want. Like up. how how where where do we stack rank on going? We forward were like on middle of the pack end?
0: last year. in terms year. of attempts. Yes. top of the league. Oh, I don't in know terms In terms about of conversions, conversions. Middle of the pack. Yeah. Bro. Last
1: year, the Rams were number one at seventy nine percent. The Chiefs were 77. Pittsburgh Give me their attempts, th- though. That's that's, no, that's the one that, I'm curious that's not about. On here, and I don't want to like be looking. No, okay. I mean,
0: I can try to find out when one you guys are making a great. So point you guys, right. oh, wait, 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 wait. Off. This happened live. Please allow me. The San Francisco 49ers are at home. Yeah. Second and goal at the three yard line. Two incomplete passes. It's fourth and goal. What do you think Kyle Shanahan does in that situation? They're at home. They can pin back Daniel Jones in that offense without Saquon Barkley if they just take an opportunity. Maybe they can get their touchdown, right? That, that would I mean, analytics kicked. They kicked a field goal, yeah. a 21 yard field goal. They're up 20 to 18. Yeah, you got Or to- excuse me, 20 to 12. It was a 17 12 game. They took three points at the three yard line. Don't get me started. My head coach that. won't take one from the fucking 31. <laughs> like, kill me now. <laughs> okay. I, Sorry. I-
1: yeah. That pissed me off. B- bury me next to you. I, so we've we've belabored that point. Let's move on to something. Yeah, else. Yeah,
2: but positive. the only thing on, I, I do want to ask you guys though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is week two. It's year three. People are already not happy. People are pissed about in game decisions. Cost them a loss at home. Home opener against the Seahawks, the NFC team that we effing hate. So w- what do are, what do are you say to do about it in week two? You guys are you guys are sitting here like complaining and whining, and you, you rightfully so. Yeah. I am not,
1: I'm
2: not. What are you sitting here doing? Tom,
1: I, I didn't want to get in bed with this guy to begin with. So it's, Wait, not, but, it's but not It's irrelevant. So, no, no. They're, they're not going to fire I him. I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even argue to fire him. Yeah. But.
0: It's, it's not even about he's not the coach. He should, it's nothing to do with his job status. He's the head coach of this team. Yes. The issue is these type of games and these, I mean, what now? Seven, eight, nine games like this where you are questioning his decision making. They bite you in the ass, not in week two. They bite you in the ass, excuse me, week 16, 17, and 18, when the division's on the line, mm-hmm. they bite you in the ass in terms of seeding in the playoffs, they bite you in the ass on the road at a divisional opponent where it's a 50-50 game, but your coach makes that one mistake that makes all the difference, or he doesn't make a certain decision that costs you a game. That's the issue, is we're foresighting what could be an issue with what I think we all agree is a good Lions football team. They should be in the playoffs. Yeah. They're one of the four best rosters in the NFC. So kill me, God.
1: Here's the here's the here's, here's the problem. Well, you and God already have a yeah, adversarial a relationship, a relationship.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: famously. Here's the thing. I understand the it's week two. Come on, calm down, Calm down. They missed the playoffs by one game last year because of this nonsense. What would you bet that they either make or miss the playoffs by one game this year? Pretty good odds. Whether they make it or miss, either I think it side, would be even money. At worst, there. does anyone think they're going to make the playoffs with a multi-game lead? I don't.
2: Yeah, but I. there's I don't a think lot of go- people that do, Justin.
1: Okay, even if it's two. Okay, well, we burned w- halfway through. He burned right. one in the second week with 15 games left. So I get, all oh, it's week two. Last year, we missed the playoffs by one game in a tiebreaker situation because of the Seattle loss, ironically. Thanks for not funny. He blew the Bills game. And he blew other games in, in the, my opinion. The, the Minnesota, like, the Vikings one that
2: was week three, I, he blew, I, think, I think he
0: blew he New England. I think they, they blew. got they, it. rolled. In New, New England. England
2: was a shutout.
0: It doesn't matter. They gave them the first seven points of the game. No, he, uh, his, his coaching was, was garbage. But yeah.
1: they, they were dead on arrival in my opinion. I'm not. He was horrible. That may have been his worst game. It just I don't think it mattered. I think they they walked off the bus. They were losing that game in my opinion. Minnesota, he blew it last yep. year. We already talked about Buffalo at length. Blew it. They missed playoffs and not even by one guy. This is a tiebreaker they lost. So, this whole like, oh, it's week two. It's too hard. This league's too hard. You can't blow even one game like that. And what, how many mulligans does this guy get? Adam and I talked about there's like seven games and out of like 37 <laughs> that this guy has with his, his team on fire. I, I don't, this is not someone on 97 1 today called in and was like, hey, I think he's still learning. you year three, what do we, how long is this internship? This is the longest training module I've ever heard of in my life. I thought it was absurd to learn on the job his first year. This is the NFL. This isn't a high school. If you told me that about my college coach, I would want to smack you. NFL? But even if you wanted to make that argument, not now, not in year three. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, it's week two. It's one game. Calm down. They lost the game. They lost the playoffs last year because he blew two games, one of them exactly like this. Odds are they're either going to make the playoffs with one game, you know, one game lead or win a tiebreaker or miss it by one. I would argue better than even money. I would bet anybody that right now. They either make it or miss it, but with a one game gap in either direction. That's just, I would bet that. I I think they're too good to suck and I don't think they're good enough to win 13 games. So we blew, we, we just blew our margin of error. And even if it's two, okay, we're halfway there. That's why I can't so easily dismiss. Ah, and you
0: still have games against the Chargers, the Ravens on the road in Lambeau. Always a difficult game. This team is
1: going six and eleven, and I—I'll be the first one to say, "Whoa, it. I'm, I'm whoa, off. Whoa, whoa, it, whoa, it's whoa, Maybe whoa, seven, whoa. maybe seven and ten. And and, and this, I'm—I'm I'm off. This, I'm done with it.
2: Oh my God, Bookmark market.
1: They needed that. Go ahead. Even if I'm wrong and they win eight or nine, this team will not be in the playoffs this year. That you can bookmark. It's just a matter of degree. At at that point, who cares? If I'm I'm wrong and they win eight and miss the playoffs or nine again and miss the playoffs, who cares? What I am confidently saying is this team will not be in the playoffs. Injuries are dropping like flies. Nice defense. How's Jameer Gibbs going with his 12 touches? I mean, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) This is the most insane. I get Jerry Jacobs is being beaten over with a paddle like he's an infant. Over and over again, and everyone on Twitter with these "restore the roar" and uh, all the you know one one pride shit hashtags all over their shit, complaining about Jerry Jacobs when they were yelling at me, calling me a bad guy for wanting Christian Gonzalez over Jameer Gibbs, and what an asshole I was. I don't want to hear it from those people. You know what's
0: the worst part about that? Before we close the chapter on the roster, yes, there are five no, excuse me, six defensive tackles rookies that are ranked in the top fifty. In terms of overall grade according to PFF. (laughs) And there are seven secondary players. In the top 35. Wonderful. Think about that. I get it. Look I'm not going to be the guy that comes up here. And says. I love the Jameer Gibbs pick. I don't. I I hate it to this day. Um, I did a segment on my show. Explaining why running backs are devalued. And why they don't get the second contract. And even when they do. It doesn't mean you win any games and that the San Francisco 49ers at the moment are the anomaly because they pay their quarterback a million dollars a year so they can afford to go out and get Christian McCaffrey. But you look at all the quarterbacks taken since 20 or running backs since 2015 in the first round. They maybe, if they're lucky, have two 1,000 yard seasons from scrimmage. Zeke had four. He's the outlier. And then there are more second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round running backs. That have more yards from scrimmage in a single season than all those first-round picks.
1: Who is the last team to win a Super Bowl with any type of investment whatsoever at the running back position? Do you guys know?
0: The hell if I know.
1: Seattle Seahawks with Marshawn Lynch, who also had
0: investment though. Not really.
1: He wasn't a top five paid back, but he was well. He was above average. To be fair, they're the best defense in the league. Okay,
0: that historically one of the best defenses th- ever.
1: And he was not, at no point was Marshawn Lynch ever a top three. Four running back in the league. He's good. He's second tier. He never ran for 1,700 yards. He's good. He had a couple really good years, a little bit overrated historically because he had a couple of highlight runs. Good player, not great. And even that was 10 years
0: ago. I, not so, to dumb it down, and I would love for you to answer this. <laughs> okay? If I were to give you, and I'm not going to give you the quarterback option because everybody would take a quarterback over a running back, obviously in terms of value. But if I told you, you could add to any team, not just the Lions, any team right now, An edge rusher, a first round rookie edge rusher, or a first round running back, you would say edge rusher. You would say corner. You would say offensive lineman. You would say interior defensive lineman. You would even argue fucking linebacker. You would even argue safety before you would even consider a running back. And that's what drives me nuts. Not so much that Gibbs isn't going to be a phenomenal football player. I think he's going to ball up. I think the more they use him, the better he'll get. He'll he'll probably be an excellent football player. Was it and will it ever be worth it? Is Jameer Gibbs a difference between stopping Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith in a divisional round matchup? God forbid, an NFC championship game. Sorry. I don't think so. Fuck me again. Sorry. I'm just so frustrated. And I, I don't want to be Justin right here saying six games, because if it's six games... Yeah, that was, I, a, that was might, bold, man. What if it's
1: eight and they miss the playoffs? Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Who cares? I'm going At that to point, I'd rather lose this. I'd rather win muscle. the
0: six. <laughs> I'm taking six weeks off the show. I'm going to put myself into therapy. I'm going to try and get my mind right. And hopefully when I come back, there's a new head coach. And I just like somebody shoots me in the eye with that men in black bullshit where you forget everything. And I just come out a happy camper and I'm as excited as everybody else. And maybe I'll put one pride in my fucking Twitter bio. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
2: the it, If you guys want to talk about Jameer Gibbs, we can talk about Jameer Gibbs, but that again, we're, 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 we're there's a lot that we're putting out and there's a lot that we're a lot of emotions already for week two. And I get that. I understand like because of what just happened, but, it is only week two, but that being said, I will say I think you got to unleash that kid. You have to because look at what look at what um, Bijan. Bijan Robinson is doing in Atlanta, and we are we're about to play him. We're about to play him in three days. Can I say this and we're about down, Bijan? David Montgomery. So I don't want. And I, I already heard someone say I don't know if it was Dan or I, it was in some press conference. Like it's going to be we're going to be complimentary backs like this. Why well, you just drafted?
0: You you. But you're thinking old school, and this was the one argument I did make, where I'm trying to make it make sense. You
2: want him to hold off?
0: No, I I believe the future of the NFL, the future of the running back position, is sixty percent, sixty five percent, even pass catcher, and thirty five percent bell cow, which you can do by committee.
2: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say for him to be a bell cow. Oh,
0: I know. I'm I'm just saying. I think that's the future. So I'm okay with that. But even then, a first round pick. I, even Bijan That's the only reason Bijan Robinson who by the way was probably the best prospect coming out I think we all agree is a generational talent but even Bijan they're going to run him into the ground in Atlanta and it doesn't matter how good he is because Desmond Ritter is the quarterback and I don't care how much I love Arthur Smith he's not overcoming Desmond Ritter and neither is that football team he's not Kyle Shanahan they're not as talented as the 49ers it's just there's a ceiling there so even if you get Bijan Congratulations! You're still quarterback deficit against 17 other teams every year. Let's put up Bijan versus Jameer Gibbs, Ben, because we actually prepared that as, as part of the
1: program tonight. So let's let's throw that up. So obviously, two game sample size, 255 total yards for Bijan, one touchdown, PFF score, which I'm a PFF guy. I don't, I'm not beholden to it, but I like it, 86.1, one of the best in the league, and Jameer Gibbs, 70 total yards, no pay dirt, 66.5. Natalie, when you were in that chair, uh, what two months ago now, whatever it was, you actually said you like Jameer Gibbs more than Bijan.
2: Uh,
1: a two-game sample size. I'm not going to be like, hey, come on, it's, like, there's no toll for you to pay. It's way too early on that. But are you a little bit concerned about the, the disparity there? Because so I, far, Bijan looks like a much better player.
2: I'm not concerned. I'm more just disappointed. Look, what are we doing here? Hello, you traded. To go get to you, you know, you you traded up. You gave away that your sixth pick to go get him. So again, what are we doing here? And I did say that because the way that I thought they were going to use him, it was he was going to be your slot, and he still very well could be. But what what's the math? Ta- well, because that's if you put up the uh, Bijan next to Jameer, I I think it's almost unfair fair to judge just because he's not getting the carries he's not getting the touches he's not getting the targets that Bijan I mean, is but I mean, he th- had to that, seven
1: th- catches against seattle didn't to my know?
2: to my point yeah. i i want him utilized more and i i guess i'm still so confused of the whole ben johnson press conference coming out being like hey by the way like we're gonna use them in ways that you guys would never think well yeah does that mean just not utilizing them at all like he's no, I Sitting think they the... met.
0: They were going to open up the Madden playbook and just run him on a simple out and in, and use him as a decoy well, and target him I, well, nine times like a game. I don't like that. I don't like that. With and an I'm average not, I'm not net of three, four yards of pass downfield. So, there's
1: mm-hmm. he's nowhere near Jeff Akuda bad because no one has ever been. Jeff okay, Okuda
2: we bad. can't even you can't even put that on the same map. No,
1: I just said he's nowhere near. Okay. Uh, but but, I,
0: but I'm, I'm just full disclosure, Natalie. I'm sorry if I offend you with this. I'm I'm here for any <laughs> Jeff Okuda. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I'm saying. No one's gonna, saying gonna offend you You can't with compare Jameer Gibbs. You can't com- I'm not, compare that pick. But,
1: no. no, I'm not. And that's why. That's why I prefaced why <laughs> I did. I just so I want to make that clear. But there is one similarity. The argument for which I rejected from the beginning. But the argument, if you were going to make it for Jeff Okuda being the highest drafted corner in 20 years, was okay. At least he's going to be good right away. So when he stunk in the preseason and stunk in the first few games before getting hurt his rookie year, everyone's saying, oh, come on, it's too early. The entire argument for taking him, the the justification for this complete and total outlier was at least day one plug and play. He'll be not just good, great. And that was the one thing. He could have been very good and I would have hated the pick on principle. He wasn't even that. So it's similar to Gibbs in that. We heard a lot of those same arguments. Okay, okay, I know. Running back at 12, you know, not great, whatever. But that guy's going to be electric on day one. I mean, wasn't electric last week. They had a couple nice moments against Kansas City. Haven't seen much yet. So, no, it's way too early. I'm not burying him. But if we're into week seven and the guy hasn't really flipped an entire game or two with, you know, a 75-yard touchdown run that he created on his own, I'm sorry. You the only reason to take him was he's going to be great right away. Not in week 10. Now. Yeah. It's already too late. He's already behind. I needed the only way this made even a little bit of sense was week 1 game breaker, week 2 game breaker. He already failed. Doesn't mean it can't be rectified. He can catch up but this is already behind eight ball. He probably will be a good player. We talked, I never hated Jameer Gibbs, the player, but you rationalize this. Oh, Kuda, he's young. Oh, Gibbs, it's too early. When 85% of the argument in the first place for taking them in this massive exception was the immediate plug and play readiness. This is different from judging a defensive end. That's taken Hutchinson got off to a slow start. Not as concerning because, Hey, they did the right thing. He was the best prospect in the draft, fell to him at two. I can wait. If you're going to make that exception, that guy better be balling out on day one.
2: I completely agree.
1: And we're not there. And if he, if he had had a B-minus game or a C-plus game, they beat Seattle. He didn't. They're going to miss the playoffs by one game, right? Or make it by one game, probably. Well, you probably.
2: have them at 6-11, and 11, so.
1: They're going to miss the playoffs is what I have them at. Damn. Six or seven wins.
0: Missing the playoffs, um, it wouldn't break my heart. But what <laughs> it would do is build a wall that would be pretty tough to bring, break down ever again. Is this
1: week must win? This is a rare week They'll 3 They'll be one and three yeah. if they
0: lose to Atlanta. Cause because they're they, going to Green Bay. Yeah, they're going
1: to oh, Green Bay. yeah. Where they're like week. two and 21 all time, and uh, the time. No,
2: but- where
0: they won't be able to prep for Jordan Love. Not that he's some... Mystical but
1: Green Bay has a good creatures. roster, though.
0: But it's still a short week. It's essentially walkthroughs and rehab. Yeah. Green Bay, it's actually in favor of Green Bay because the Lions will have a full week to look yeah, at. I hate love.
2: TNF. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. It's
1: such a fraudulent pro- uh, it,
2: it's product. It's crap. It's all a money grab. Like, we already don't have half the effing starters out of the league. I disagree and with it's weak you. To, ew. Enough. You like it? Enough. What, what, oh. excuse, I,
0: what, do you want me to sit with my wife next to the fireplace on a Thursday night? Or me sitting there. No, I want football. my players
2: to be able, able to dress past week two. It's a fifty I don't yeah, I don't right. need eighteen ACLs I can, blown out it's on a, a week. Man roster. I
1: got college on Friday night now, every I, night. I, I'm I, I done I
2: with yeah. it. Like you
1: yeah. You got the Spiro Avenue show on Thursday.
2: To be like plenty <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, of
1: um, entertainment. I'm with yeah. I'm with Neto. It's the first thing we've just on in two I, years. I mean, I like I, having football on I, I like, love it too. Right, I, so yeah. We're with you on that part. But like, if we're if we're like the god over the league, trying to do the best thing for the sport, no way. That's there's who thinks it's a good thing I mean for the, the sport, like for the sport, not for the money, for the not sport, for the bank account, that's the argument, like for the fair. sport. I'll give you
2: that one.
1: Well, the it, bad thing for the yeah. sport. The and games you, aren't good. Guys get hurt.
2: Well, what happens is is that they always schedule these games. Oh, rah rah, prime time. We're gonna put these people that barely made the playoffs into all these primetime slots. And then the next season they suck. It's <laughs> it it go it's like an up down thing with the with the way that they schedule these games. It makes me mad. You ask the question, is it a must win on uh yes. 1000%? You're you me. do not. We we already know statistically what this team does at Ford Field as opposed to being on the road from a win percentage. I wish we had the stat. I think it's much better at home. Um
0: Well, it's actually just not good at all because they're 14, 29, and something. Under I mean, it's the worst or, franchise in the history sports. They're, well, no, under bad. Dan Campbell, I'm, I'm yeah. referring to not. Yeah, but I there's don't, no advantage when Dan Campbell's your head coach. I don't at
2: the know. You, you do hear a lot about up-down theory. And I I don't know how you guys felt because we didn't talk about it. But leaving Kansas City, I feel like there was more pressure going into that Seattle game than there ever was going into Kansas City because it was a
0: playoff game. 100%. It was. And 100%.
2: That that I hate that whole NFC matchup as a whole between us and the Seahawks. They've effed us now three four time and time again. Um, but yeah, like now it's again, it's another NFC matchup. We have a banged up as hell roster.
0: Welcome to the NFL.
2: Sure. We and we can go through every injury report today, and it doesn't look good for any team, but um I think it's, it's, I think it's. I think I think we're letting
0: them off a little bit with the whole injury thing. Well, well, was the secondary no, but even improved two weeks? No,
2: and that's no excuse. No excuse. You, we again, we talk about depth. We talk about what they did it, because it's interesting because you keep talking about like non-existent secondary. I just we haven't even had a chance to see it yet. So, well, like again, and now CJ's out. We haven't seen Emmanuel, and so now you you, you it's basically who you you're running with.
1: Jerry Jones. Right, and I mean we only beat the Chiefs cuz they didn't have Kelsey's. So I don't really want to hear it.
2: But that's what I'm saying, I don't I don't really care. I don't the excuses of the inju- injuries like you have to Quarterback's you-
1: the only one I accept. Yes. If your quarterback yes. goes down, I will have your back as any team in the league. If your quarterback goes down, I'm with you. Any other position, I don't want to hear it.
2: They have to figure out a way to roll that team on Sunday.
1: Green Bay has won like they- 78% of their games at Lambeau since I was born. It's something crazy. It's like above 75%. They go, you know, before the Not to be
0: a Debbie Downer, Lambeau is likely a loss, win or lose against Atlanta. That's going to be a tough game on a short week. Probably. So winning -hmm. winning at home against Atlanta is a must-win game.
1: Let's go to something else I felt I was right about and everyone was stupid for disagreeing with me. Uh Christian Gonzalez, I touched on it. Ben, let's run the Christian Gonzalez slideshow. This is the guy I wanted at 12. There it is on draft day. Well, I think it was the next day, technically. The Lions should have drafted Christian Gonzalez at 12. He went to the Patriots. What do we have on Christian Gonzalez, Ben? What else do we have in store? Oh, all-pro wide receiver Tyreek Hill admits Patriots rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez is real good. He did a number on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was very frustrated against Christian Gonzalez. What else do we have, Ben? Oh, he's the third best cornerback in the league so far through two weeks. As a rookie, a guy who's 21 years old, by the way, a 21 year old quarterback has been the third best quarterback. Now it's only two games. This guy has been absolutely dynamite. You think he would have flipped that outcome instead of Jameer Gibbs? If, if you could put Christian Gonzalez instead of Jerry Jacobs in that game against Seattle, they're, Can I be pessimistic? they're, they're 2-0 right now.
0: Can I be pessimistic for? Minute, what, was minute, I, what was I being? Uh, <laughs> optimistic to an extent. But Go ahead. Uh, one, you should have showed the tweet where I commented under you and I agreed with you. I was supporting you because you were getting a lot of shit for it.
1: Okay, uh, constantly.
0: But who's to say Christian one, by the way, I want to give credit to New England. They always coach up their secondary players. That's the one thing Bill Belichick never misses on. JC Jackson, all pro with New England, goes to Brandon Staley, who is Brandon Staley. We don't even want to talk about well, that right f- now. Forgot how to play the cornerback position. Asante Samuel, Ty Law, you go through all the corners. Uh, Malcolm Butler out of nowhere. They've always had great secondary players. So am I shocked, Christian? I think he went to the best place. He comes to Detroit. Maybe he's Jeff Okuda. You know, and not to be Mr. Downside, but I'm just saying, like where you go matters in the NFL. Yes. And if yes. you're telling me Christian Gonzalez gets to get coached by Aaron Glenn, that is not encouraging. He'd be better than Jerry Jacobs. He'd be better than every corner, actually. I that they agree have with He'd be that. the best.
2: I, I, I I'm, and I'm done. Given with that. what we've I'm seen done from him, that whole train.
0: Wait, what train? What?
2: Jerry Jacobs. It's, oh. it's not happening. No, no,
0: no, no, no. It's- Go watch the film. He was lined up against DK Metcalf one on one in the red zone. They played a a weird disguise for Cover One. CJ Gardner Johnson blitzed. Uh, by the way, the best pass cover linebacker on the team. Jack Campbell, which is why you drafted him in the first round, by the way, uh, was on the bench. Malcolm Rodriguez decided to drop into zone. And instead of going to the fucking sideline, which was his responsibility to cover C.J. Gardner Johnson, he actually decided to go play patty cake with the fucking safety in the middle of the field, leaving D.K. Metcalf open, obviously, because Jerry Jacobs couldn't cover me in one on one. He probably could. He would kill me, actually. But that's not the point. You get my point.
1: (laughs) Christian Gonzalez, Way to go Aaron I, I understand what you're saying about Belichick being a savant defensively. That's granted. He was also, uh, not the entire game, but on, for stretches of that game on an island against Tyreek Hill. That's not coaching. That guy's a baller. Hey, go cover Tyreek. That's, That's with- not
0: Belichick's scheme. He's just great. He's a hell of you a You were player. on this before anybody, or to my knowledge. So if anybody was on this before, I apologize. But for my Twitter feed, Justin was on this via text and Twitter. Even when the Lions went out and got Mosley, Sutton, and Johnson, good signings. Obviously, an upgrade because of what the secondary was, excuse me, but you didn't get a DJ Reed or a Sauce Gardner or a Patrick Sertan. You didn't get somebody where you just don't have to worry about that side of the field. You got a good number two, a hurt number two, and a safety who benefits from an amazing pass rush in Philly and two shutdown corners in Philly. I-
1: and I can argue were, C.J. Gardner cost uh, them that game, too, with that ridiculous the,
2: the penalty personal
1: foul, the, that which is was, the stupidest I've ever seen. Are we talking
0: about the ski masks or no?
2: No. No, oh. that's, that's
1: actually banned as a subject. Okay. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Okay, they, I mean, I'm sorry. That, that, was, that would have been second and goal from, like, the 19, which is, I mean, second and goal from, yeah. like, almost the 20. Is really I tough. I don't like care how bad the defense is.
2: That penalty to me, because I was sitting near that. That was a momentum changer.
1: That made seven, that made three into seven. It was a it, huge. Four sometimes I have.
2: do. It's another question I have, like with the Campbell stuff, like it's always just like a, a a a pat on the bum. Like with those guys, when those penalties happen, it's like, are they ever getting lit up? Are they ever getting lit Has up? Has he ever done know, that? And not, just, not rhetorical. I'm asking a question.
1: They fired the one guy that yelled at Jeff Akuda in year one of the camp where, Was that Aubrey Pleasant or yeah? He was lighting up Okuda. The one guy that actually had like a little bit of fire, they got rid of his ass. And I'm, I mean,
2: Yeah, like, but also in fairness, then that was the whole Turnaround. I'm not
1: criticizing the firing. I'm just saying they had one guy in the whole staff and he's yeah, not even there anymore. He's
2: sitting in Green Bay now. So, yeah, we'll I'm, I'm
1: not lamenting way. his absence. I'm just saying that, I mean, they really only had one guy like that and he's not even here anymore. All right. We'll, we'll finish here with the Lions and we'll go to Michigan State really quick. What, what, what happens? I mean, we, we, we all agree it's a must win. What happens against Atlanta? I have no idea. I was convinced they were going to beat Seattle. I
0: think it's a 50 50 game. First of all, yes, the Lions are tied, I think, for ninth overall in rush defense, but that's a bullshit stat because they've played the Seahawks, who've attempted the third fewest rushing attempts in all the football, and the Chiefs with the eighth fewest. So what the hell does that even mean? These teams don't run the ball, and it's hard to, for me to take you seriously when you give up 300 yards a game in the uh, in the passing game. So that's number one. Number two, Arthur Smith. I think he's done a hell of a job in Atlanta. Yeah, you're so high yeah. on him. I your, love him. He was dude. my pick for coach of the year. I said the only guy that could beat him out for coach of the year would be a division-winning Dan campbell team. I think Atlanta, to me, were the lock for their division and to make the playoffs, whatever. Anyways, the way they're using Bijan is so perfect. They keep him on the outside. They set him up with bubble screens. They toss it to him. They get him in space, and then they use Tyler Algier to run between the tackles. It's perfect. They have their formula. They use play action to get Cal Pitts, Drake London. They're like a really annoying version of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> they're going to consume the clock. They're going to play for keeps. They're going to play for a low-scoring game. And the issue here is if you keep turning the ball over, this team's going to kill you for it, number one. And number two, uh, A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates. It's a pretty damn good defense. I think it's a 50-50 game. I'll probably say 55-45 lines because they're at home. But You're saying- this is a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough game. And if I were to call a score, I'd... Give the Lions to win by a point.
2: A Whoa. point.
0: 24-23 maybe. Whoa. The up-down theory is in your favor there, Natalie. Yes, I mean,
2: it's I the, really, the Lions need it I more. Just, right? I don't. Give I me don't, better coach teams. Yeah, like that for sure. But give like, me yes. Kyle
0: Shanahan with a Houston Texans roster against this Detroit Lions team coached by Dan Campbell. Give me Kyle Shanahan with Colorado. Hell, give me Kyle Shanahan with Michigan State oh, shitty roster. Colorado. No offense.
1: Like, like Deion's
0: Colorado, Deons not Colorado. the Broncos, like no, no, Colorado, no, no. Colorado, Colorado. Give me a college team at this
1: point. <laughs> Coaching um, matters. So now, much. now you're going to the sports talk radio color. Hey, do, you, do you feel good about it? Because I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I, I felt good about Seattle. I have no idea what to I, think. I have I, no faith. I
2: agree. And I think it's going to be one of those games like where it's interesting. He said, no, it's going to come down to like a point. I think it's going to be like, this is a Lions get right game. Like everyone shut the F up. Like, last week was last week. We're here. Like, we're breaking all odds with our effing injuries. Like, Tracy Walker comes out, has a day. We see Brian Branch show up. Jameer Gibbs gets unleashed. Like, they get right. Like, ARSB goes, which some people are saying he's not going to go. I think he will. Um, And they win by, like, two touchdowns. Or I think it's going to go the opposite way, and the Lions are going to be made But can we agree
0: who should win the game? Forget what Detroit you Detroit should win the Detroit, Detroit. all so these all games. There's so no, we all no agree argument. So they should win the game. Yes. That's the problem. They is need it. We're more, now going into the week where, let's be honest, we all believe they're the better roster, obviously, than Atlanta.
2: Well, uh, but that's, they're that's not makes me sad, mad, they're though, because if, if you look, week, if you look at all these games, but that's the NFL, and we go into these seasons with these preconceived notions and these draft class, and, oh, my God, these teams, the NFC South is ass. Well, okay, look what's happening now. You know what I'm saying? And, again, it's only week three. But go on everybody's predictions from June, July, August. Th- these were these games were write-off games for us. And now the fact that we're even sitting here having conversations about what is what's gonna happen with this team on Sunday, it sucks.
1: It's not my fault. And again, it's not just that they lost, it's how they lost. Yeah. We're not even talking about this. If Montgomery doesn't fumble the first play out of, that. well, head. that's my whole it's thing.
2: Just, is like, is there just, is there heartburn sitting here about Dan Campbell and what happened on Sunday with his clock management and his decisions? But it's both. If Detroit walked away w- w- with a victory, yes, I, to the
0: NFL. Welcome yes, the NFL. yeah,
2: but that's the thing. I don't think the majority of the fan base would would be. It'd be like, oh my god, Campbell King, well, blah blah. blah. Not and smart,
0: you, right? The smart people no. would acknowledge, hey, this is a. That you're playing
2: with fire. Em
1: and I were furious after they converted that stupid fake punt with Jalen yeah. Watts Jackson uh, <laughs> in Kansas City. Oh, you mean Jalen Reeves Maven? <laughs> no, I meant Jalen Watch- It's a joke. Oh. Where, where have you been? Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I,
0: I pre- can't comment on
1: that. Yeah, joke. Michigan State legend, Jalen Reeves Maven. Um, no, but you and I, like, it worked. We were texting each other yeah. real time. What like, the fuck is he doing? But I, I agree. He and I are the outliers. No, and even we wouldn't be as mad. It's more easily forgiven, but it'd be more like, Jesus, got away with one. Yeah, they did a lot of crazy shit though. Like they, one of the turnovers is like this doesn't even count. Like they fumbled on an end of half, like yep. crazy shit, like whatever. That was a nothing thing. But if you count the turnover on downs and negate that ridiculous end of the half Amon Ra fumble, there's still four turnovers, two on downs yep. and the fumble and the fumble. pick six, which a pick six is almost like two turnovers in itself. I mean, yeah, it was a nightmare. They could have they should have escaped it, and their coach shot them in the foot. That's that. Michigan State, we're gonna transition. Really quick on the Mel Tucker thing. All the rumors out there about Mel Tucker, um, I think you guys are starting to catch up on some of this stuff. They were out there. I think I'm kind of done with this story until more stuff happens. But I'm curious for your read from afar, and I know it's speculation on both your parts. None of us know. Why did he go wrong there? Because there's two schools of thoughts. We all agree it went wrong. Was he kind of a huckster from day one? This was always kind of a joke. Or are you in the other camp of kind of money went to his head. It was on the right track. I'm more in the latter camp because not only because they won 11 games, but the stuff I heard, his hours in the office were a lot more early on. His reputation hired three times over by Nick Saban. GA up through defensive coordinator multi-times. Gym rat, office rat, film rat. That stuff started to dissipate. To me, this went off the rails because that guy got paid and kind of lost his way. I know it's speculation. I'm not reporting that. I know you guys can't. But, like, what's your vibe? Why did that not work? Because it was on such a good trajectory in 21.
2: You want to go or me?
0: I think you should go. I'm going to sit on this one.
2: Yeah. I think it's a couple things. Okay. I do think that it was an abuse of power and this is coming from a woman's standpoint. And I already told you, I, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I'm not some like feminist girl. Like I, that's, no, no. I, that's, that's not my style. Not,
1: that's not your, uh, that's MO. not
2: my style. Um, I think it was an abuse of power to an extent, I think. Was it money that went to his head? Was it press that went to his head? Was it his whole era that went to his head? Yeah, we can argue all that, Um, you know, kind of going into the last 12, 12 months, would we say 18 months? It kind of just like, eh, what's going on with this program? Eh, where I think a lot of people started to throw their hands up Um, on the other side of the coin. Why does something like that go to a man's head? And I don't want to just put it on men because, right, oh, everyone has their issues. But
1: you could. I mean, men I have will, a history of uh, going well, off this cliff.
2: That's my whole point, <laughs> being crazy. like, it's 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 a lot of that with who these people are is innate. I really believe that. Like someone that would commit adultery on their spouse, like that's a lot of that's innate to me. Um, yeah, things happen and things change in life, but I. I don't know. Was is some of that stuff just who he is as the dude coming in? Was that Mel and and he put on an amazing front and, um, you know, had his stun of shades on and just you know that was it or was it just no? He came uh, not literally like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. It, 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 it <laughs> you was ba- a pun was bound. To it was happen. gonna happen.
2: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. talk coming. He got into the program, the Lamborghinis, the cigars, the this, the that, and then the power went to his head. I think it's asinine in the in the way that it happened and the woman that it happened with in the situation being who she is, who she is. Like, what are you what are you thinking? And that's where to me comes. That happens because of abusive power, because your head just I mean, you are in the clouds and you are immortalized. That's my. Opinion. I
1: 100 percent agree with everything you said.
2: I'm really sorry. I did not mean to be punny. Like
1: no, no, that it's almost on. I thought that was really good. Yeah, you, you weaved it right in there. It, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I honestly couldn't say it any better. And there are a lot of people. You know, Mike Vlanny has, has said repeatedly, "Oh, you know, this guy's the biggest con artist." And I'm not arguing that it devolved into a bad place. That's I think self evident. I just think it's an interest, and it doesn't even really matter. It went wrong. It went wrong. But I think it's an interesting like, kind of character human study. I think study. you are
0: who you are as That's, a person, right? Why is that? And a, yeah. I think the really good things in life and the really bad things in life show your true character, right? When things are kind of in the middle and you know, you're humble and you're on your way to hopefully success or failure, who knows what direction you're going in, uh, you're kind of the, just this unknown person. And then when you fail, we learn a lot about you, right? Are you going to pick yourself back up? What kind of character are you? Um, what are you made of as a human? And then the same thing when you have success. Can you sustain it? Uh, are you responsible with it? I think the success only brought out who he really was as a person.
1: Potentially. It's very possible.
0: My I think argue, it's human nature.
1: If I'm making the Mel Tucker was corrupted by power and money argument, it would be Nick Saban is more than anybody else notoriously difficult on his assistance. He just grinds them. I mean, Lane Kiffin's talked about it. He's so demanding with his expectations of, hours and quality of work. I mean, to the point of how they fold their paper and their, I mean, it it is insane level of minutia. He hired that guy three times over. He doesn't, Nick Saban doesn't hire anybody that's lazy.
0: You and I have had this conversation about head coaches in the NFL, right? Coordinators that make that transition fail. They're not meant for that CEO leadership role, but what they're really good at is being The guy not in the spotlight, excuse me, with all the pressure on him, and they can have a lot of success and stay like in this balanced level of human interaction in that position. But when you put somebody, for example, like a God, you put a thirteen-year-old, they win the lottery, let's say, or you know, they're they inherit three billion dollars, and what what are they supposed to do? Like they're not mentally ready for that, but, right?
2: Yeah, but so are you saying a 45-year-old man mm. is not?
0: No, but the po- point the 50s, is like, is that you've developed yeah. enough and again, how he developed is clearly flawed <laughs> that when you get to a certain point in life, like for example, let's say you use me as an example, right? Uh let's say I reach a certain level of success in this world where I become a household name. Does that mean suddenly I'm going to start cheating on my wife or um, start gambling millions of dollars or start buying multiple women houses, a beachfronts or whatever. Like that's if that's my initial reaction to power and money that was always in me. I was just never put in a situation yep. to be exposed to that flawed Way of thinking.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference between somebody like Jim Schwartz, who was just not cut out to be a head coach, but has been a <laughs> repeated successful defensive coordinator. Yep. There's a number of examples, but that's one off the top of my head. So I, I, I'm with you on, yes, yeah, some guys just aren't cut out for the top job, but I don't think Jim Schwartz became lazy. But the pressure like the, with it. The, yeah, but I,
2: I still, so. I, I, I just, Mel Tucker
1: became lazy. And that's, I'm talking around it. Like, I mean, on a relative basis, he probably worked harder than the average person, maybe. But he became lazy. His, his hours at the job, on the job, were down on a pure mathematical basis by multiple accounts up there. He just got lazier. That, that's different from, oh, you're more of a coordinator. You're not cut out for I it. I think that makes just probably if, hard Exactly. If,
2: if you have the facts on that, 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 you know, his.
1: I trust the sourcing on it. It's multi source. Then you,
2: then you, yeah. then you know what? You have no business in that chair, bud. As as in Mel Tucker. Do you, do you know what you're doing? Do You know how much money you're making? Screw you! Look at what this program is now. And I think that that Washington game, I feel so bad for all of them. I feel so terrible for all of them. I the fact that D'Antonio's down there without a headset, and and the shame on Mel Tucker, because you know what? That's a reflection of you over the past three years, not them. That that was so embarrassing. And like just as a Michigan State fan, I, I just you just feel so I don't even know what the word is. Almost like you feel deceived as that person, right? As as a fan and someone you going to the university, like I I think, ugh, it's just so slimy now. And like looking back on it all. But again, I think like we're talking about like, oh, well, if we get into a position of power, is Adam going to cheat on his wife? Like, no, we know from four years old, the stove is hot. You cannot cheat on your test going to school. Like, no, that's there's right and there's wrong in the world and there's morals. I don't care.
0: Fucking idiots. And I think that'll talk. And that's where it comes back to
2: abuse of power, men in power. Again, like you can come for me like if you're a, a man and you're offended by what I just said, but it's the truth. But again, at the, I don't know, like, if you're the president of the United States one day, like, think of how slimeball politics and politicians yeah, there you're are. you
0: allowed to be the president of the United States with dementia. So that's Right,
2: but I do problem, think, but... you guys, I do think that there's good and bad people in the world. Like, <laughs> do we think that, do we think Deion Sanders is out there doing any of that? I don't know. I just, I, I don't that, know.
1: The people that know him. Seems surprised by it because he's not the first guy to get paid and get his you know dream job at least in terms of position, if not location. That happens all the time. It's it's too hard typically to even get in that position to elevate in that role. It's hard to break through in coaching at all, especially under Saban three times over. It's just it's too hard to get that if it's even in you to turn it off like that. I can't think of another example. I mean, I'm sure there's some examples somewhere, but what like? Of a coach that just stopped, I'm not talking about didn't succeed when they got elevated. I mean, like, just stop trying. It's a bizarre, I mean, for all the foibles like Bobby Petrino had, the guy was still grinding it. Even if he didn't like some of Steve Spurrier's off-caller remarks, the guy was still working hard. I just I don't understand, like, it, it's a bizarre situation. And even on a human level, I just think it's sad. Not necessarily sad for him. He made the bad lie in it, as his player, Tumijé Adelaide, former Sprever Avenue guest, said. I think directed it as former head coach. It's not about that I'm sad for him necessarily, but it is sad. I just think of the stories of him sleeping on the floor in East Lansing in 1997 as a GA and the hours and hours and hours he put in, he breaks the mold. He's the highest paid African-American coach in the history of sports. Uh, Was the second highest paid coach in college football for a couple months. It was such a good American success story. And it, it just, the guy had it for like ten seconds on a relative basis, and it was just gone. I,
0: I just think it's sad. Very I would, sad. I would go with that. I don't mind. I still think he's an idiot. No, oh, I'm, I'm with well, you. Well, I there. think everybody does. But
2: what did I not express that I was sad?
1: I'm no, sad. no, I'm not. I'm not pushing back on anything, you guys. I think you're both dialed in.
2: I'm. I'm just. I'm you just, are an idiot you are a public figure you are a very 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 big public figure nationally people yeah, know who you are you have a wife you have children and you went and made an idiotic mistake sorry well,
0: that's the like, only thing well let's not who
2: can defend that people people are gonna enable that to be like yep 18 year old grown men this is what we do when we get into power like i, I you can go and mess around on your wife like
0: You are responsible for a whole new generation of adults that are going to hopefully run this country. You got to make a better example of yourself. I don't know. I can't think of one example off the top of my head where a coach went from the highest of highs to suddenly not giving a shit anymore and then dropping off a cliff. I really want to do research on that, honestly. Like, that's fascinating. But...
2: Yeah, but when it we when we say that the apathy came into play, is that just because he started losing recruits, or like, and he didn't know where the program, the direction of the program, like apathy, like what you, you're getting paid in f- f- and, and asinine amounts of money.
1: It wasn't total apathy. It wasn't like he wasn't doing any work, but it went from the grinder that you know just, he was he grinding the top so get there to
0: like the to,
1: he's like median, yeah. <laughs> like so I, yeah. I don't want it. it's lazy on a relative basis compared to the maniacal effort it took to get there in the first place but that's what it takes to stay at the top these guys are nuts i mean they all have heart problems and yeah. they don't even have a heart attack urban migrant heart attack which
2: nil and everything transfer portal the ncaa is
1: it's getting harder not easier i i just think it, it's a bizarre situation i think more well i happen to know at least some more will come out it, it's going to get uglier before it gets prettier that's for sure and It's a fascinating character study. I just I wish it wasn't at my school, but I do. I just find it interesting. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like what happened, man? Like I want to. I mean, I know some of what he was doing, but like if I were, you know, I was friendly with him and talked to him a couple times. I'd love to sit him down and just be like, "Bro, come on." Like what? I mean, do the frat boy thing. Like what are you doing? I
2: think if you if you go and like attorney over there, like I think if you look at the statements that have come out. From his lawyers, from him, whoever's writing that stuff. What kind of really rubbed me the wrong way. And again, like I was such an advocate, like you, got, everyone was obsessed with him. A lot of people when he first got hired, I, I get that the narrative had changed. No one more than me. Yeah. Um, not really accountable. Not I, that guy wanted to go to war. And it's just kind of like if you really were like, hey, like, this is not who I am as a person. And I really tarnished my character and I made a mistake, a very, very severe detrimental mistake. But those statements were not that I mean, those statements were well, like
0: on the one hand, he's trying to clear himself of being sure a sexual predator. But the other side is, dude, you just can't do that. I don't care if you're an adult and it's consensual. You just yes. can't do the things. So far that we know of that you were doing. Well,
1: Brenda Tracy's story—I don't even need it. And I've said that. I said that in this chair at 3 AM when we all learned about this at the same time in the middle of the night. I don't even need her story to be true. I don't. There's enough there. I, I, Mel, I believe every word you said. Gotta go. Yeah. And these people that are like, oh, it's a consensual relationship. You're not talking about a gas station attendant with four employees at a mobile. Yeah. This is a guy and you. Weighed it out. Nine and a half million dollars a year, leader of people. You are held to an elevated center. Even at a mobile gas station, rep, you know, attendant standard, that's questionable. I, I need you to be well above average in your, your competence. I mean, do you know how much nine and a half million dollars is? You could cut him off by 90%. He's still in the a fraction of 1%, 1% in the country. It's insane. I don't think people can even process how much money that is. Guess what? That comes with a lot of responsibility. I'm not going to judge you the same way I would judge adam or natalie not that you guys ever would fall short but like you you have to be held to a, a godly standard Watch. you are
0: <laughs> you just watched. you i've have got to be, plans
1: you have to be short of being framed like like i've never even spoken to brenda tracy outside of the time she was here giving a elect- like like you can't even open yourself up to that even take right. the take the you know infidelity thing out of it because that's obviously morally problematic but not necessarily contractually problematic a vendor of the school and like Clay Travis keeps coming out like oh because she was here one time two years ago she was a vendor yeah right she was I'm sorry like whether I kill one people or 12 I'm a murderer she's (laughs) the only reason he even knows her and she was there the entire uh, seed of this relationship and them even knowing each other was in a vendor relationship. Yeah, one time is enough. If I hire Bono to sing at my daughter's sweet 16th birthday because I'm rich, he's a vendor for that day. And he was always in the context of that situation in my relationship a vendor. So yeah, I, I, this whole like, oh, because, because he wasn't ref- she wasn't refilling the Pepsi machine every Thursday, that she's not like a legitimate vendor. Motherfucker, she's a vendor. That's it. Once you are a vendor, you're a vendor. That is a university relationship. It's his decision to hire her and use their money. It was their $10,000 that they paid her with. She's a vendor. And if something develops after that, guess what? She was still a vendor. So I, I completely reject this whole, oh, because of one time. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, it's unfair, Mel, but we're paying you almost $10 million a year. She's a vendor. You only know her because you hired her to be there. Yeah. How do you, of all people, like, couldn't, couldn't it be like the, the PETA advocate or something? Like, it's the sexual assault advocate. It's just the whole thing. If you wrote it, it's absurd. It's not in a Hollywood be, script. It would be yep. rejected at a writer's table because it's too absurd. Yeah. Like, who would even do that? I would, I would, like, if an accountant in the business office at Michigan State pulled that, I'd be like, dude, seriously? But the nine and a half million dollar guy with a target on his back, it's absurd. Anyway, who's replacing this guy? I've gotten so much heat today, in particular today, Michigan State Twitter, which is like 53, 54 percent in favor of Urban Meyer, according to David Harns, very non-scientific Twitter poll. The slight majority actually agrees with me about Urban Meyer and the idea of him. Ben knows and you can put it up there, Ben. I want to go full pirate ship. I want to at least call this guy. There, there, there's my guy with his glorious Michigan State quarters. I understand the arguments against him. The arguments for Urban, he's been at four schools, all four, one big. None of the four, anyone would even argue, regret hiring him. Now, if you, oh, he just had Mel Tucker. Michigan State regrets hiring Mel Tucker. That's not the same thing. Oh, Bobby Petrino, he flamed out in his second chance. They regret hiring him again at Arkansas. Like, so these other examples, Those were bad marriages. Those schools regret having employed those people in question. Four for four, all four of his collegiate, not Jacksonville, his collegiate employers love him. I get the pushback on him. I understand that. I'm not saying anybody with any qualms at all is a maniac. I get it. I think the juice is worth the squeeze. Throw out the idea of, oh, would he come? If Michigan State could get him, is that a call you make if you're Alan Howard and the Board of Trustees up there?
0: I look for the most expensive penthouse in East Lansing. I buy it and I gift it to Urban Meyer to get him to show up. Anything he wants. He can sleep with my entire side of the family <laughs> if it means he's the head coach of Michigan State. Because you're basically telling me they're going to get to a national championship. That's what you're telling People
2: me. People want to play for him. So look, uh, I would make the call.
0: Behind Saban, I think he's the second greatest college head coach of all time. I you tell me that's an option for Michigan State, (laughs) it's a layup. It's a layup decision, and the only people that disagree with it are either just extremely idiotic and very begrudging of what happened in Jacksonville. Exactly. Or they're just, you know.
1: I do not care about Jacksonville because I'm not arguing that he should coach the Browns or the Lions. It's (laughs) like, to me, you're talking about different planets. There's plenty of successful college coaches that were bad in the NFL.
2: Michigan State has some decisions to make, and I think you want this, but we don't know what that transfer portal is going to look like with this team in the next what? What do they say they're giving them for a transfer portal?
1: Like when's the window open? Yeah. It's, it's like 30 days after, yeah. at, after the firing's official. Though.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. okay, so where I'm going with this, though, I kind of plead the fifth when you say, like, Urban Meyer, I, I agree with you both of you guys like make the call, whatever, um, they have decisions to make and it's going to go. And I, I don't know if I have faith in administration right now to make the right call at all. Um, you, here's the thing. You have to look at the direction of which, of where college football and NCAA, where it's going. It is so different five years ago or uh, like right present day to where it was five years ago, even three years ago because of nil because of NCAA or because of transport portal and stuff. But not only that, you have to like ask yourself like as adults and this is where sometimes I feel like older generations of people, not that there's anything wrong. Cause yeah, they're probably wiser than us. They have more experience than us, but like you also have to conform to what's going on in the world and who is the biggest client of college football. It's the players, right? And what how old are these kids? They're 16, 17, 18 years old. Okay. They are a different generation in which the people around them are hiring. So if you are, if this is all a recruit game now, and this is all a nil game now, and this is all transfer portal, and what is sexiest? You you can't, I, I think you really do have to go outside of the box with it. They are a TikTok generation. They are a screen generation, they are a media generation, they're they're all for clicks. They're all for TikTok. They're all for show, And I think, punny, but a prime example of that is Deion Sanders. I think so, like Michigan State's going to get their shot. And I think you are are one bad or wrong decision away from completely putting this program off the map for the next 10 years or truly getting them to like, wow, like Mel Tucker, that guy, look who we just hired. I think it's so different than just bringing in your traditional. And I'm not against Urban. I'm not saying that. Say so make the call. But you have to look at the kids. That's what it's all about. They're, they're the ones that are snapping the ball every Saturday.
1: Well, I mean, you're making I a would. great argument to hire Mel Tucker again.
2: Hey, love, love the Mel Tucker idea. Me too. They, they, right idea, wrong messenger. Wrong messenger. I don't not mean, the right guy. Because yeah. you can't say that. Because look what's going on in, in college football right now. No one cares about anything that's going on outside of Colorado. The one of the worst programs they couldn't have gotten; they couldn't be worse. Now they hired Deion Sanders, and it's uh, what? Like well, this is all insane to me. So like,
0: that's an anomaly.
1: That's not a model. I would. They're gonna be. like, They're gonna lose five games. And, for and, sure and I get it again. But so, so that, that you go. Popped. You
2: go hire who you want to hire. Michigan State. And I, I pray to God, but that's again, booster money. Who, who's donating? Like, they already, like, people already, donors feel like they probably got burned at the stake, which they did with the whole mouth thing, but they have decisions to make. And I pray to God that they get it right.
0: They are, um, I loved your point about one bad decision away from 10 years. I would go even more extreme and say 25 years <laughs> because Lincoln Riley and USC are coming to town ucla oregon and the pac-12 by the way is the deepest conference in college football at the moment and most of those teams are come joining the big 10 next year so good luck
1: no nobody luck with that nobody's 25 years away i mean well, michigan state was drowning for 20 years d'antonio shut up
0: nebraska did. would fall off the map the way they did
2: and, and I'm I'm don't, I, don't be, state, state, I don't i don't want that
0: you're always one higher i don't
2: want that for me obviously yeah. none of us like no one wants that, but
0: Urban Meyer's not gonna struggle with social media. Number one, he won with Ezekiel Elliott as his running back who was Mr. Social Media. Himself. I didn't
2: I didn't say he would.
0: I'm I'm just saying, like I, I get the idea of trying to find a guy that appeals to the younger crowd. I don't want that. I want a coach that's gonna come in and it's about winning. Because if Michigan State doesn't win, what's gonna happen is they're gonna turn into a shittier version of Iowa and they're gonna get ran over by Washington, Utah, you name them, whoever the hell is gonna come and join eventually. They're going to get ran over for years to come and why the hell would anybody want to come to East Lansing when you have Lincoln Riley with USC <laughs> in the Big Ten you have look I don't know how long Harbaugh's going to be there but at the moment you'd much rather want to go play there you're going to get drafted you're going to get developed Ohio State is Ohio State like this is a problem that's going to continue I'm all for the urban thing whoever doesn't like the urban idea
2: yeah he got he got torched for it today oh like I was oh, very I don't understand. Like,
1: Personally I was, attacked. I was very not, not confused just, by oh, that. I hate your opinion, but
2: I, I think, think it's so many people that are like, oh, you're gonna hire someone, another <laughs> criminal that you know, like it's like you Optically, know,
0: I get the optics, but this is not, even his baggage is a little bit overstated.
1: His collegiate baggage is a little overstated. They were a renegade program in some regards for sure in like Florida, most schools, by the way. He wasn't doing stuff. Georgia's got a a different arrest every other weekend, Uh, but they're rolling. I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying that's the reality. I don't think he's that uniquely problematic. Some of the Jacksonville shit, you know, kicking, (laughs) kicking the kicker in practice, allegedly. Problematic. But in college, no, I'm not saying he's a great guy. That guy doesn't know how to lose. Even Nick Saban, who I think is a fair number one. He just has won more titles and done it longer without taking a break every five years. Saban was so-so at Michigan State. Urban Meyer doesn't know what so-so even means. Every Bowling year. Green, stud. Utah, st- twelve and zero. Then he left before the bowl game. Florida, stud. Ohio State, stud. They won forty of their first forty-one games there. Thanks, Michigan State, twenty-fifteen. Uh, you know, it's it's absurd that we're even talking about this as some huge thing. I, I don't understand it. Like I would get if the baggage was heavier, but. You know what also gets recruits? Winning. You know what Thank helps you. your NIL? Being in the college football playoff and being 12 and 0, 13 and 0. You're going to be on an Urban Meyer Michigan State team, could be somewhat disappointing. They're going to be on national TV like six or seven times. That is helpful in itself. So, yeah, the TikTok shit, you're not wrong. Everything you said is true. Yeah. That's around the edges, though. It still comes down to winning. If Dion goes 5 and 7 this year and 4 and 8 next year, which I'm not predicting, but let's say he does. This cute shit won't be so cute anymore, just like it wasn't with Mel Tucker. The Lamborghinis weren't so cool when they were five and seven. It comes down to winning all that cool shit. He's on my wall smoking the cigar. We all thought he was so cool. The second they went five and seven, it lands completely differently. Urban Meyer does one thing. Win. Thank you. Everything else falls in the place after.
2: Yeah. So my question, do you guys, do either of you actually think that that call gets made? Even as an ideation of, he would Michigan. know
0: more. He's more connected in East Lansing. I'm gonna say I doubt it, but I think it's the most obvious decision because who are you gonna go after that's gonna make a lateral move? It's not even. I mean, no they, offense to Michigan they, State, it's not. Here's it would the not program be program to be at right now given the circumstances, and you're not gonna convince any coach in the Power Five who are who's at least successful in. Has some notoriety to leave their situation and come coach your team.
1: I have no idea what Alan Howard thinks about Urban Meyer or that type of, you know, risk management and taking that leap. I have no idea. I know the Board of Trustees would not be unified in hiring him, but I also know the Board of Trustees, which by the way, they have to approve the contract. Michigan State's Board of Trustees is the most it, it, it runs more interference than any board or group of regents in the country. So like it or not, they're going to be involved in this. They blew the Fickle uh, Luke Fickle thing.
0: Thank you, by the I way. They, no, great Luke Fickle would there. be
1: the coach here right now. If yeah, but there
2: was the wife. Well, his wife was all af, against. After,
1: after they had that deal, like done, the board of trustees, and I think, I think I'm not the first one to say this. I'm pretty sure this is out there with insiders, but the board of trustees pushed back, and they wanted to interview minority candidates. That was a big thing. Not all of the board of trustees. There were a couple of board of trustee members that were adamant, why are we rushing right to Fickle? It was similar to when I hired Mariucci in 05. It's like, oh, you rushed right. You had your guy to begin with. Fickle, D'Antonio wanted him. Most of the people up there wanted him. Bill Beekman, the interim AD, wanted him. The board of trustees got involved. When the contract was on the doorstep, it ends up being this four or five-day delay They end up interviewing Mel Tucker. They talked. I don't know if they formally brought in Salah, but they talked to him for sure. They interviewed him, at least on the phone. And that four to five day gap, they circled back to Fickle and said, "Okay, you're the guy. Then his wife perked up. The contract would have been done. I mean, that's a fact. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the first one to report that, but anyone up there knows that. So they did blow it. Luke Fickle would be the coach here right now. At the time, we're like, yeah, Tucker 11 and 2, maybe it worked out. You know, everyone's happy. Fickle's good. Tucker's good. No, that didn't age well. So they're going to be involved. I know there's a couple people on that board that are more than happy with Urban Meyer and they have no problem with it. They, they would like it. I also know there's some, I mean, they haven't told me, but I know people in their circle. They would not want anybody like that. So I don't know where that leaves us. I don't think they will go after him. I'm more interested in the exercise of why wouldn't you? I understand the pushback, and I'll finish you with Urban before I get to some of the other names, and then we'll wrap. I'm curious because you're coming from the female perspective, which tends to be more aggressively against this, this type of hire. You said you agree with me, Urban. You'd call it baggage aside.
2: Yeah. Why do you died. think? There you
1: go? I mean, you you just again know.
2: and but because I, and I know I like spouted off about like the TikTok generation and and social media on yeah. clicks. But your point of like, no, we win. Like you, you win games and you turn into a winning program and you go to a natty and that's it.
1: And those things take care of themselves. We me, the right. dealerships will call you if you're 12 and 0. And I mean, those opportunities will present themselves. Right. So I, I, it's not that that stuff's not important. It's just downstream of the winning.
2: Yeah, I do. I just think kids are so different now. I, I work with a lot of. Twenty one, twenty-two yeah. year old. It's different. It's different than what we are. And I'm not it's not good as I'm not saying it's a good thing, not saying it's a bad thing. I don't you know, know but, but again, like doing, it all they but... like
0: making money. You know how you make more money as a college student? You play in the college football playoff now when it's expanded. You play in big ten, big twelve SEC championship games. Not to you mention this to guy puts
1: guys in the league. Yeah, you make you it know. to yeah. So nobody I mean, other than Saban, no one puts guys in the league like Urban no. Meyer. At all his stops, especially the last two. I mean, that 2015 team that Michigan State shockingly beat with two backup quarterbacks, this little star-studded team ever. Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, who's the best receiver in the league for three years. They had two Big Ten players of the year at quarterback on that roster. They had four offensive linemen, one of them Taylor Decker, who won lineman of the year or center of the year in college. I mean, it was the most most star-packed team ever. Up until
0: uh, (laughs) USC, uh, LSU. The recent LSU, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar That James. team
2: was uh, – That's
0: probably uh, the only one I could
1: – I, I bet side consider. by side just on round they win, I bet Ohio State compares. Oh, just I, blind definitely compare. I, I would say like like beats narrowly. That team, they had like nine guys that went in the second round or first round. like And then a bunch of third rounders yeah. and fourth rounders. Wasn't
0: Michael Thomas the second round pick? He was, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, best receiver in the league for Unreal. a three-year run. I mean, that team was unbelievable. That, but that's the thing. Like – you know what gets you paid? NFL contracts. Yep.
2: So speaking of the NFL though, I just out of curiosity with yeah. of you guys, any anybody that you call to come into Michigan State. Out of the NFL? Yeah. No. Anybody, mm-hmm. even if it's X.
0: X Ex- NFL uh,
2: yeah.
0: coach. Oh, oh, I see. What
2: like, would you call like a Kingsbury or a, like
1: No Kingsbury? Why does that keep happening? I don't know. I'm just been curious. A loser I'm using his going. name.
2: Texas
0: Tech, he was a loser with Mahomes. So I just, the
1: guy's just, <laughs> been a loser everywhere he's gone. I don't understand that. He's like the worst version of Lane Kiffin. Like he's young. You he's got he a is?
0: he's Adam Gase. He gets all the love and credit Ew. for quarterbacks that elevated his image, even though he had nothing to do with. it. Yeah, I mean, Adam Gase to this day gets job offers. Still. Patrick
1: Mahomes guys going seven and five. No, thanks. Let's look at who I do on that. I mean, short answer. No, I don't like any of those NFL options. I just don't. I, I want a program builder for the most part. Here's my list. So Urban Meyer is, I mean, number one, that's we discussed that. This is kind of, I mean, it's it's in order (sighs) clockwise. Mike Elko, Duke, he's my, they're all distant behind Urban, but he's my top guy other than Urban. I think the most reasonable guy for them to get, he'd be number one. Sean Lewis, offensive coordinator from Colorado, obviously at Kent State was middling, but I mean, they're a two-win program. He had him at seven wins, so it's all relative. Brian Hartline, Ohio State, offensive coordinator in his first year in that role arguably the best just straight recruiter of the maybe Vincent Merrill in the entire country and Lance Leipold in Kansas. So none of those, let's, let's take urban out of it. None of those four would have me mad. None of those four would have me saying, what the hell are we doing? I would have varying degrees of happiness with those four.
0: I want to swing for the fences of the four. You go Brian Hartline all day.
1: I well that's what I'm getting to. Who who do you like up there the most? You you like Hartline. Yeah.
0: Has to I be take Hartline.
1: Urban out of it. Of the other. The recruiting
0: four. aspect, offense, young, it's it's a match made in heaven. It's a younger version of Ryan Day. I would argue a more accomplished version in his role than Ryan Day was when he took over for Urban Meyer. I think it's a home run.
1: Well, Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator for a few years yep. before he took over. Brian Hartline's been the offensive coordinator for what two games?
0: Two games now, but in his role as in the recruiting aspect behind the scenes, pretty pretty damn successful.
1: That no question.
0: That is a but. It's also leap. Ohio State. I know.
1: Well, no, it's that I think you know he's a legitimate dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even on the relative Ohio State scale, but it doesn't mean he can't be great. It's yeah. just the
0: the coaching aspect. Very little data. Well, there. it goes back to Dan what Campbell. Natalie said. Well, no, yeah. please just, God, no. Yeah, there you go.
2: No, no, no. The Dan Campbell data I never was a head coach. Brian Hartwine, he was a
0: fucking coordinator. <laughs> I'll take two games as a coordinator over a fake head coaching job in Miami and a tight end. Okay, let's not well, do that. Well, that in heartline 100% you, you goes you to the women though. regulation.
2: Go back to Natalie's point. No,
0: your point on this younger generation. I think he's a perfect fit for what you're trying to do. Again, I he's can't. like my
1: age, he's like 36. He, it's like, very young. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good great. Point. It's yeah. a
0: great thing. I think it's what you want. That's what kids want. Like Coach Elko. So
1: you're a Heartline. What's your? I, I was going to ask you what's your.
2: Take? I don't. As far as like recruiting and and their roles, I don't have enough data and information on them. But I, I'm I'm down with Heartline.
0: Give me yeah. offensive minded, young minded. Super. Um, uh. What's the like? Can you throw it back up? Actually, look at their faces. All right. Who would you want? (laughs) That's what I... I didn't want to be offensive. I didn't want to be offensive. I I got you. Believe me. I'm notorious for being offensive. Mm -hmm. Sean Lewis, God bless his soul. Not the best looking guy. Maybe if he got rid of the beard, I'd consider it. (laughs) Lance Leopold looks like he should be coaching Army. Mike Elko looks like he's on the verge of hitting the retirement He
2: looks like at all. Like, come on. Brian
0: Hartline can marry my sister. (laughs) What is this phrenology analysis? Do you want to get their skull shape while we're at it? It's more so... (laughs) representing a university what's their opposite? astrological agree, sign let's, let's talk about the important i don't, know. Importance. I I don't, don't think know.
2: 17 year olds want to go play for uh, i just i don't want to for which people. one like a mike elko like just i mean exactly. he's a hell of a
0: job at duke to be yeah, fair but look but look at to be fair uh, he's probably the most qualified outside of urban meyer on that list which i agree yeah with urban's in his own won. box over there but if we're talking about taking a chance in an era where Lincoln Riley's coming to town. Another young, beautiful looking man who has USC at the really top of the Pac-12. Probably going to get to their first college football playoff. Joining the Big Ten, then you have Oregon joining. All these teams that are just going to be super offensive minded. You know, Michigan State, I know you've been known for the quality defense in the trenches. I've won some Big Ten championships. I get it. Maybe, just maybe, you need that like total spark to reignite your program where it's not yep. your identity as Spartans to, you know, you remember all this shutdown corners that Michigan state are notorious for the defenses of uh, the D'Antoni teams, the college football playoff team. It's in the past. Maybe it's time to take a chance and who knows? Maybe it totally fails. I mean, but they, if I'm they gonna did that with
1: Tucker chance, though. I mean, that I Tucker
0: was going to be the outside of the box but like. on the defensive side, more of a Sabin disciple but i think heartline's probably the one i'd risk the most for i'm okay with failing if i take heartline hmm. rather than failing with Elka. or any of those my logic any of those four I fail bad
1: with? any of those four like oh no. jesus they're all
0: viable no no I'm, I'm sorry sean i didn't mean to call out your beard
1: he, he's
2: impressive i don't like, think they're bad i just don't think it's swinging enough for the fences
0: who,
1: who i mean like I, are you urban or bust
2: it's got to be someone of that of that, of that caliber, right? Well, it's that's, not going that's, to happen. There's it's no not.
1: urban caliber unless you're bringing saving. But
2: by. all I'm telling you guys is that it's, 20, it's September twenty first, and I don't. <laughs> I could just see the the program and the fan base just like being very let down with who it is. That's how little faith I have right now. I don't
1: think they're going to recover for a very long time. Like I don't. I, if I, they I, do that. I,
2: well, that's why that. I said they have they have a very big decision to make.
1: They don't have to hit a home run. They have to hit a double. Like, this, I, this cannot be.
0: I had this stupid conversation. Stupid, but I had to have it uh, with a few buddies of mine. Where would you Would you rather bust on taking a quarterback in the first round, for example, knowing that there's a high likelihood that he's going to bust on the chance that he could be great, or would you rather just take the surefire running back like a B. John Robinson? And like it's all day you take the chance on the quarterback. And that's kind of how I feel about Michigan State. If you're going to hire the new coach, we know you can go get the conservative guy, fits the brand, fits the Midwest atmosphere. He can probably do a decent job. But given what's happening in college football, go take just go take a chance, go take a high risk. I think Brian Hartline, I'm so happy you put him on that list. That to me is a layup decision. Can they pull it off? I don't know. Maybe he's looking at his position saying, we're going to be an 11-win team for the next two years, probably. I'm going to be in games against USC and some of these Pac-12 teams joining the Big Ten. Uh, we're going to be in the college football playoff next year. I might be able to go get a job like LSU once Brian Kelly gets fired. I might be able to go get the Florida job or one of these like more big-time programs, instead of sitting there and saying, oh man, maybe I should go to Michigan State instead of being the OC for Marvin Harrison Jr. and all the five-star wide receivers we get.
1: If Michigan State calls and offers him seven million tomorrow, he should take it. I agree. Even if he ultimately leaves, you know, for one of those other jobs you mentioned, like yeah, he would take that. I, I think. I mean, I, hope I don't so. know Brian Hartline, but it's because I mean Tucker got paid before the raise, five and a half. They're going to have to pay more than that if they want to get serious. I mean, not a lot more, but you got to be above six if you want to be serious. You want to? I agree. Be a joke and have people roll their eyes, then you can be in that five range. And at the time, five and a half seems like a lot, but we're up 20% across the board. Five and a half's not a lot anymore. That's it's not cheap, but it's you're like middle class.
0: Football pays for the school, pays for almost everything. You gotta get it right. What's the what's the name that you could see happening, Adam, that
1: you've heard that would just be rebellion? Because to me, it's anything from like And I love Harlan Barnett, a great Spartan, but if it's like Harlan retained, Narduzzi back from Pitt. If they
0: promote the interim coach, I swear to God.
1: Yeah. You're not even a Spartan and you're mad.
0: Uh, That would probably be worse than my original Sheila slash Campbell rant (laughs) during the Stafford days. Like I might spend (laughs) the first hour of my show motherfucking everybody by name in East Lansing if they promote him.
1: I want Harlan around. I just like I oh, hope yeah. the new guy retains him honestly. Like I oh, love no Harlan problem. Barnett. He could be an assistant head He's coach. one of the I mean Darian Harris is probably the best Spartan other than Time is But you want Barnett's the in the top 10. You
2: I absolutely cannot take anybody from that current. You can have Barnett coach the. Reg- no yeah. I'm saying. As, oh as, as the head guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. No, I agree. not. Yeah, you are like hey Anything Jay, Jay internal, Johnson. I lose like, my shit.
1: Jesus. PJ Fleck roll the ball. <laughs>
2: Fleck. Oh, we yeah, had that is, name. Well,
1: that's where I thought Adam was going to go with like, his, his answer. To that like, Fleck is the one that Bruce Feldman from The Athletic is, for my money, and Justin Thind agrees with me, kind of like the best gauge of the coaching market in college football. He's just he, he, he's so plugged in. He knows people on uh, both coasts. He knows people all over the country. He said he knows for a fact Michigan State has interest in Fleck doesn't mean he's the lead guy, doesn't mean he's on the short list, but he knows for a fact that they like him, which means you have to put him in the list of possible outcomes. It
0: wouldn't be a disaster. Ugh. That would be a C-. minus. You know what that would be? That would be, hey, um, we don't know what to do. We're stupid.
2: I 100% <laughs> agree.
0: That's the nice way yeah. of saying it. It's, I just
2: i don't i don't want i don't ass. want, I don't an want another Big Ten person. Like I, I mean, I know Har- I can say Har- I'm
0: sorry. Maybe I'm an asshole. Lincoln Riley's coming to town. Oregon are coming to town. They out recruit the shit out of Michigan State. I need somebody yeah, in Washington.
1: Here. Might be better than either of those programs yeah. the next five years if they keep their coach.
0: I they're all light years ahead of Michigan State right now, especially given the current situation. I need a hire that has boom potential. Even if it busts. Don't give me the safe guy. Don't give me the C-minus PJ flag. Don't yes. Give me the interim hire who could maybe make them a 6-7 win program year one, and then they go back to winning two fucking games. Give me the guy <laughs> that's going to go out and bring the best possible players to this university. If it's not him, fuck you. So do you think I should... And I'm not even a donor. <laughs> not, I'm not even a Spartan. I'd even graduate... <laughs> College,
1: and fuck you, you know. This is the most divided I can remember our fan base with like a coaching thing because D'Antonio at the time everyone was so sick of John L. Smith. We were we were a bad program for a long, long time. You know, '87 was our last real. I mean, saving in you know '99 for one year, but it had been a long time since we were good. D'Antonio was really respected. Had the kind of roots we liked. We were like behind it. We liked it. It wasn't cartwheels, but we liked it. it was solid. Tucker, we really liked that. That was a good save after the fickle mess. That was vast majority were on board. Uh, this thing is like, I, I can see a lot of, for every one or two potential unifying hires, I think most people would get behind Elko. There's a couple that would be very divisive.
0: Even Elko. I, I think he, I'm not saying Duke, 100%. He would be unifying. I know, but Duke to Michigan State, let's say that's the gap. Right, yeah. is Duke not a football program. Uh, the job he's done there phenomenal. The quarterback he has, kid special, uh really good looking kid on the field. But that's not
2: one hundred percent.
0: If I have to look in the mirror every morning, knowing I have to go up against Jim Harbaugh, Ohio State, and Ryan Day, they're recruiting. Then Lincoln Riley, then Washington, then Oregon, and UCLA. Like, it's not doing anything for me. And again, maybe he surprises everybody and. He can put together the recruiting and he can get at a 10-11 win team in two, three years and they're in the college football playoff. Maybe he can. But I don't see that road, even with the expansion of the college football playoff, given how loaded the Big Ten is with recruiting and coaching. It's unreal. It's unreal. For my money, it it will be better than the SEC. It will be.
1: Oh, I think that's fair. If Washington stays up, you know, off the mat, because they were, you know, most of my life, they've been shaky at best. Like if they're actually, you know, they were four and eight two years ago, but they were good last year. Very good this year. We'll see post But I think their coach is real.
0: That's
2: what I think though. But
1: I think their coach is real though.
0: Their wide receiver recruiting has been unbelievable. Even on the defensive side of the ball, much better than before.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I I think they're real. I I think this will probably be the best version of them. Joe Platt
0: has them as the fifth best team in the country. And you know what? I don't mind it. They probably are better
1: than the SEC. If you take the new, I mean, Oregon, top 10 team, Washington, top 10 team. Over you're, team you're, adding, you're adding three, like, top eight teams. So, yeah, that's, I didn't even really think about it like that. But of the two super conferences, especially with Saban on the ropes, you know, yeah. we'll see. That might be premature, but all right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap there. I, I, the, the amount of vitriol for the Urban Meyer thing, I, I don't get it. I, I respectfully uh, disagree with people on that, and I have no problem with people pushing back, even though I do disagree. But it is, like, maniacal with the Michigan State fan base where, like, the, the personal attacks, that's just me. Like, anybody that's voicing this stuff of, of any note in the Michigan State fan base, I don't get it. I don't see anything so objectionable. I'm not saying I like all this stuff. I, to me, that is the one guy that satisfies what you're talking about. I got to get in the ring with
0: Riley. And I don't think Harbaugh will even be there. But,
1: yeah, you know, day if Hartline succeeds him. You get this is big boy. Is stuff. it
0: really this hard? Like, is it really hard to just accept what you need in today's game to win? You need a professional, charismatic head coach who is an X's and O's guy, preferably on the offensive side of the ball. That's where we're going. It's where we're going in the NFL. It's where we're going in college football and never have college football in the NFL been so close in terms of look and feel. It's almost essentially the same game now. Parody is up there in college football this year. I think it's the most parody we've had in the last 15, 20 years. The NFL is known for its parody any given Sunday, that whole mantra. College football is going exactly where the NFL is going. And everybody in the NFL sees it. It's why they draft offense heavily in the first round. And it's why they go edge and secondary players. Because that's what wins in the NFL. That's what translates. That's what gets paid. I just... I don't know how this is a dividing conversation. I love that Urban Meyer is an option. I, I give Urban Meyer equity in, I don't know, uh, UWM at this point. I'll give him equity in it. I don't give a shit. Like bring Urban Meyer to East Lansing. That's not a hard decision. I don't care what his history is, even though it's historically unbelievable on the field. And the the off-the-field stuff is exaggerated. The Jacksonville thing just makes it look worse than it is. So what is it? And if it's not him, Elko, I respect him number one on your list. Yeah. Don't really have an issue with that. The suburban. But I'm just trying to compete with Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day and all these recruits and all these Pac-12 teams joining. I can't do that with a Midwestern conservative guy. I can't do it playing the way Iowa and Nebraska and Illinois play. I got to play with the big boys. And that's what our biggest knock on Michigan has been up until J.J. McCarthy. And then they just recruited. Gosh, I forget his name. They have a four or five star coming in at quarterback after J.J. Uh, they're finally now catching up to what you're supposed to do at the top of college football. It took them seven, eight, nine years. I don't want to see Michigan State suck for eight, nine years, winning, then losing, winning and losing, and then finally waking up and saying, you know what? We should probably invest a lot of money in NIL and go get somebody that knows how to recruit.
1: It's the have or the have-nots, and the bottom line is Michigan State people do not realize how long ago the peak of this run was. And the most alarming statistic, since that 2015 playoff run, they are 47-39, and win percentage of 54.6. Brady Hoke at Michigan won 61% of his games. They ran him out of town, and rightfully so. Brady Hoke was, not even close, by 8 percentage points better than what Michigan State's been for almost 10 years. So if you wanna be clearly worse, objectively worse than Brady Hoke was at Michigan, yeah, I mean, you can, you can be all moralist all you want. I'm trying to win games and it all comes back to this. Four collegiate employers, all four would run those experiences back in two seconds. None of those four regret having hired Urban
0: Meyer. They would all get rid of their current coach if he said, I want to
2: come 100%. back.
1: 100%. That too, and there are, including Ohio State. But even yeah. that aside, just retroactively, what's, it's not about, oh, maybe he'll be good this time. What actually happened? What's the story? The books are written. None of them regret his time there. They were all better for it. Doesn't mean there wasn't some bad stuff. It was a net positive. Can Michigan State say the same? Can they say that about Mel Tucker? Nope. Can they say that about... D'Antonio's predecessor? Nope. No. They can't about D'Antonio. Can they say that about John L. Smith? Nope. Bobby Williams? Saban? I wouldn't say nah. they I wouldn't yeah. say they regret it Break but in. they're breaking. That was a a push. It wasn't a win. It, it was winning seven ish games a year. George Perlis, good in eighty-seven. Wasn't a winning coach overall, you know, technically, but it was about a 500 coach. Muddy Waters? I mean,
0: Justin, we had this conversation... Who are
1: these people that are
0: acting like they're above this? I don't understand (laughs) it. We had this conversation when Michigan State had just beaten Michigan, the undefeated game uh, in East Lansing. They were ranked third, I believe, in the college football playoff rankings. It was that week. And you and I had a conversation, and we said, this is their moment. At the time, obviously, we didn't know anything about Mel Tucker and his stupidity, but can they go from this like two... Tier two team that sometimes is like tier three, but mostly tier two in their history. Can they finally join the big boys? Are they finally here? Is Mel Tucker going to push them into that stratosphere? And well, you're back at the same conversation. Do you want to be just one of the good big 10 teams that win six, seven, eight games a year? Maybe on a good year, nine, 10, and you get to play in a New York Six Bowl, and maybe you qualify once in a decade or a decade and a half to a college football playoff? That'd be my guess. But is that I really mean, what you want to be?
1: You, you better grow up fast because it's the have or the have-nots. And you know who got caught flat-footed? Half of the members of the Pac-10, Pac-12. I mean, that's in their pain for it. It's, you better be on the ball. You better be yep. proactive. And if you think you're going to get cute and have some mid-tier solid coach that in 2004 would have been awesome, and that's going to work, that wouldn't work now even if these teams weren't joining the Big Ten with the new era of football. I'm with you. I, it doesn't have to be Meyer. Meyer would Meyer would work. I I mean, it would work. He I, doesn't. It, I'd he bet just, my mortgage on it. He'd yeah, work. he works. He's he automatic. Gets he's
0: still, a college football playoff within two years.
1: He's uh, Yes, he's automatic. Especially with the expansion, he's automatic. Heartline could work. Risky. Yeah,
0: but he can get you to the level we're talking about.
1: But they better if it's no one on that list, and I'm sure there's some name someone could throw at me that I would find palatable. But that's pretty much it. That's not just my top five. That's like. V five, and there's not many off that list that I would say, okay, that's fine. Anything off that list within reason, I mean, Lincoln Riley's not coming over, is unacceptable. And they better be careful because they don't, like I said, have to hit home run. If they don't hit a double on this, they're going to lose a generation of fans. People are so disenchanted by this Tucker thing. And again, I said it, this team, this program has been worse than Brady Hoke at Michigan for a decade, objectively, worse. Brady Hoke won more at Michigan than we have since that 2015 run. It's just a fact that it's not even close. So, you know, we're nine years going on into that stretch. That's a long time to be down. Yeah, 11-2 and two was fun. Finished third in the division. I mean, it was a nice season. We haven't played in the last week of the season for a chance to go to Indianapolis in a decade. Forget going to Indy and losing. God forbid going to Indy and winning. We haven't been in the last game of the season where if we win, we're in the championship game in a decade. That's not acceptable at Michigan State. You want to poo-poo and say it's not Michigan, it's not Alabama, it's not USC, that's fine. Michigan State should at least be playing to go to Indianapolis once every five, six, seven years. That's not saying much. They got to three of the first five. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. Like I'm not going to apologize for standards, and. These people that are freaking out, not just on me, but everyone with this Urban Meyer stuff. It's like Michigan State has one of the worst. I don't even think it's fair, but it's one of the worst reputations anyway. Like, who cares anymore? (laughs) Like, honestly, who gives a shit? And I've said it repeatedly. Tom Izzo is the cleanest guy in his sport. His peers swear by him. He's compliant to a fault. Has lost multiple. Swanigan, lost because of recruiting nonsense. Jabari Parker, lost recruiting nonsense. Bowen ended up going to Louisville. It goes on and on. And what, what's time is his reward? He's got his picture next to Larry Nassar in an ESPN report. And everyone on social media acting like he's covering up for serial rapists running up and down the streets of East Lansing. What did he get for all that? I'm not saying, hey, I don't care, go be a bad person. But if, if your sins are a girl danced up on you and you recruited some bad apples and you didn't drop the hammer on them, I can live with that for 13 wins. Can't live with anything I, that I can live with.
0: All right, I'd like yeah. to see Kenneth Walker get a statue.
1: Also, st- statue, I just build a, a new stadium and name it after him, yeah. frankly. I mean, a st- statue is like you yeah. know, the, the president from the 1800s, the school president has a statue up there. Kenneth Walker needs like a, like, a, like the Lincoln Memorial Monument. I, I need more than a statue, I need like a, a plaza. Spend 90, go? spend 95 million on it. That'll be, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what that's what he's worth. I think it was good. You know, sometimes these, you got to have these uncomfortable conversations. It's better than my DMs and mentions today. Oh, my God. You would think I was, like, advocating for Jack the Ripper to come coach the program. The, the moralizing is outstanding. All right. Natalie Sparbeck, Adam Badun. This is going to be a very interesting Lions game.
0: That's all I'm going to say.
1: Because if they lose this, um, I'm going to be pulling up some receipts. That's all
0: I'm going to say. It's our
2: get right game.
1: Right. What's up?
2: Turn
0: 15 r- in September, October, under
2: this coach. It's our get right game.
1: Give me the percent. The last thing for real. Percent they make the playoffs this year. Confidence. What percent confidence are you? Just make the playoffs.
2: Are we including wild card game? Yeah. yeah you're the in the playoffs. the playoffs. Oh, my God. Jeez. Oh, Pete. Bring it home. This is a simple answer. Just if it's anything
0: under 70, I would I, was,
2: I was just going to say, like, I was going to give you, like, a 78%. 78?
0: Okay. Adam. Yeah, I'm at, like, a 42.
2: Good. All right. What is yours? Well, Mr. 6 at 11. Well, I'm not there. The problem is I I can
0: be convinced to get back into the upper half of a 55% confidence when they can just get through a game without bullshit. Here's the if thing, we, we go again.
2: into Ford Field, we, we dust Atlanta, we go and we win in TNF. We or, said this about Seattle. And I'm just telling you guys that, that everyone, the whole town is gonna be, oh my God, all over See, again.
0: The fanboys and the fangirls are, not the fucking people that actually watch the games and really objectively look at it. The Kansas City game is a win, yes. They won by a point when they missed their best defensive and offensive player outside of their quarterback. And they won because Kansas City's wide receivers didn't know how to catch a football. And what happened the next week when Lockett, Metcalf, and JSN came to town and they can, I don't know, actually catch the football? You gave up over 300 yards. That's what
1: I tweeted. It's like, oh, it's amazing how much worse the defense looks when the other team isn't dropping. I mean, one guy dropped four balls. Four, four Tony four
0: yards dropped four. Of separation on those drops too. And again, it's not to take away from the win. They won a game that in my lifetime they typically lose. I was very happy about that. win. Yes. But what you can't do is follow it up with that performance. And that's the concern. It's not even just the performance; it's the coaching. Like I'm, I'm tired. I want to just enjoy a football game. If Kyle Shanahan will <laughs> kick a field goal from the three yard line with one of the best offensive fucking lines in football, the best running back in football, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, all pros on the outside, if he'll kick a field goal at the three-yard line, fuck me for wanting him to take one at the
1: 31. 18% confidence, that's my answer. 18?
2: 18, where'd we get that number?
0: From the 6 and 11. Where'd
1: you, where'd you get 78? It's just how I feel.
2: A little over three quarters is what I, how I got that. Yeah, I'm,
1: I mean, if I'm a little playoffs, under 1 and 5. I mean,
0: it's embarrassing. It's a fireball offense in this state of the NFC. I do agree lose, with that. They, excuse me, they win less games than the Bucks, the Falcons, the Saints, whoever it is. If you don't the make the
1: if you don't make the playoffs in three die. years, three years, die. you gotta go. It doesn't it doesn't take four years to. I mean, making the playoffs isn't even that hard.
2: So is Dan Campbell the coach in twenty twenty four?
0: Too early to say.
1: Well, if they make the playoffs and lose by a hundred, he's bag no matter what
0: yeah no if he makes the playoffs the
1: hypothetical would be if he doesn't make it it would depend on you know why why didn't they Did they miss it by one game and golf went down midseason? god forbid i mean no i don't think you yeah, context
2: him. does matter so but this
1: is this is also an ownership group and family that has always kept everybody one year too soon so even if smart people are like eh, it might be too soon that means they're two years away from firing him he's firing dan, the dan Campbell. like does he stay thing that's not even like Conversation. To it's me, it's to like, yeah. I mean, he would have to win one game or two games or so. four or
0: five games yeah. to be like ran out. Of Even
1: time. in my six and eleven scenario, I think he's back. He'd be back with like a hey hot this starter, the, house. yeah,
2: hot seat. Yeah,
1: like if you if you go two like and what three. What
0: Sheila and her mother did with Patricia and Quinn when they had a franchise altering pick? Yeah, she decided to say we're expecting to win now. How's Tua looking? How's Herbert looking? Must be nice. Well, I can't, I oh, can't wait, use he that. Oh, wait, had a quarterback for 12 years, but you hired a dickhead for a coach multiple times. I so. can't
1: cite Herbert because I thought he was going to be a boss. But uh, Tua, I liked. Tua's number one uh, man, pro football-focused yeah. quarterback
0: right now. They're the, yeah, he's, they're, he's, in my opinion, they're the best team in football outside of the Niners, if he's healthy. Yeah,
1: and their coach makes some sense. All right, guys, let's get it out of here. must be nice
0: to have a coach. Yeah, I don't know well, what that is. Well,
1: you know, ours is cool when he flexes. Ben, appreciate you. Eric, you were working overdrive, man. I know you're home watching. Uh, you told me you were going to be watching. Appreciate you, Adam Baidun, who may or may not be running his show in the in the future. <laughs> we'll see about that.
2: Thanks. <laughs>
1: I'll weave that. I'll weave that there. Uh, Natalie Sparbeck, uh Teddy Bridgewater enthusiast. It's great to have you.
2: Teddy, too. Love.
1: You're welcome. Anytime. Let's get you back a third time soon. Mm-hmm. All right, Spear Avenue Show. We're out here. Thank